What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, man. Let me rant a little bit, because this episode was supposed to be the first episode that we take Bros Who Binge to YouTube. And whether it was Zoom or whether it was Cox Communications that fucked us, because excuse my French, I know I don't like to drop F-bombs this early into the show, they fucked us where everything we recorded last week, all the video got deleted. I had to just re-download Zoom, re-update my computer, re-reboot the system, get a call of Adobe, get a new Adobe thing, and then magically, because for the past two weeks, I've been telling you, and you know, every Sunday when we record, it's like, your screen is laggy, and mine works. And I and it was it's the only day, Sunday night, and that's because Cox does some shit to their shit every Sunday. And my mom called me, and she was like, Cox is complaining, asking to, for us to buy more stuff, because they say we use a lot of da- data, because I told my mom, cancel cable, buy YouTube TV, and just use Cox for internet. Well, Cox started to sl- make our internet slow because they saw that I was streaming. They saw that I was recording pods. They saw that we were doing, they saw everything we were doing. And then my mom ended up having to pay for unlimited data. And lo and behold, nothing was slow ever again. So fuck you, Cox. And fuck you, Zoom, because I'm going to switch to WebEx if this shit doesn't work anymore. If we can't get our video done, then we're not going to use it with you because this was supposed to be a special episode. Pitch it. Everything was crazy. Even Schubert knew how much time I was putting into editing the video so it would look cool. But say la vie shit happens like julian told me don't worry about it we're going to just come back harder this week and we're going to come back harder so really excited because we have an amazing pitch it match today man between charles and no lapels reddit aka louise this is the i guess would this be the semifinals yeah i would say or I is guess it the quarterfinals I was I would just call it the second the round. The second round? Okay. Because yeah. Then then the next one is the 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 uh conference finals. Like the, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's how you would do it, because there's still like the losers bracket. Well, all I know is next season we got damn near ten people compete. We got a league now. Like it like first season was not saying that it's not a league. We're just the OG vets. And I want to shout out to Shamit, shout out to Luis, aka No Lapels Reddit, shout out to Charles, shout out to you, shout out to uh subculture vulture who people haven't heard from in a while. He's he's coming back to the potting air world. Shout out to uh Jake Jake Madison. Those are the original six. And I mean, Brooklyn was there, but then he had to go on a hiatus, but he will be playing in season two, which I believe we're going to start in November. November-ish, December-ish, season two will begin. So that means we're going to get the championship done soon. But sorry that we didn't have an episode last week. Like I said, it magically got deleted. I was super pissed because to me and Schubert, that was a really good episode we did, even though there wasn't that much news. It was just a really fun episode. But we're back this week. No hiccups. Super, super excited because this pitch and match is great. And we got a lot of good stuff on the docket. Yeah, the well, it was already going to be a loaded show because this of Umbrella Academy coming out this week. So we're going to talk about Umbrella Academy. And we both watched it. Uh-huh. We both um, watched it. We're going we're gonna to review up to episode five. Like, I, I'm thinking we do non-spoiler just to tell people should they watch it what we think and then we'll jump into spoiler for the first five and i'm guessing we'll review the next five the next week because like honestly schubert just before we get started this season's better than season one in my opinion so far at least five episodes deep yeah i mean i think the recap definitely served a good purpose because like once i remembered like what i was coming back into i was like oh wait yeah this shit is badass yeah i think The difference for me with season one and two, and I don't know if we should save this, but season one, 
the element that I really loved was Hazel or or Hazel and Mary J. Blige, whatever they're two the, yeah. two, the, the two assassins. And this season's assassins, they're kind of cool. They're they're not as cool as as Hazel and Mary J. Blige. That's the only thing we're missing. Whereas the dynamic between the family is a lot better this season. Whereas last season it was very melodramatic. It was very and like they still have their drama, but like it's like. No, nah, we got our shit together this season. Like, it, like we, we figured out where we were wrong. We see how the boys is killing it. And now we're going to kill it this season. So I'm really proud of Umbrella Academy season two. Definitely, definitely excited to talk about that. But other than that, what you been watching? Uh, what have I been watching? Well, my girlfriend's Give us the One Piece update. Oh, well, my girlfriend's roommate hadn't watched all of Harry Potter. When we finally finished the Harry Potter stuff before it leaves HBO Max. Oh, my gosh. Y'all watched all of them? Yeah, yeah. Well, how was that this weekend? But oh, I mean, okay. like through the past month. Okay, okay. Um, and then with One Piece, I am on the I'm trying to remember exactly where where it is. It has to do with um the holy ground in the sky, mm. Skypea or whatever. You're going to Eneru's land and all that. right now. Eneru, yeah, yeah. He's not a god though. Don't be, don't be fooled. That nigga not no god. He just got a devil fruit power. They, have they showed you a devil fruity ass yet? No. You haven't, you haven't seen him do anything, any, any type of. Okay, so you're not. I'm only he, seen him like one scene for real. Okay, like, I so, just found out what he looked like. Now, so have you here. met the uh the in the Shandorians? Yeah, I'm have, like learning about them. Kind have of. they done like, the backstory that. of Nolan and the Shandorians yet? Well, I understand that the Shandorians came up with the sky or whatever, but I guess that might be a spoiler for people. But if they don't know, yeah, fuck, they probably <laughs> yeah. Go watch One Piece. That's not a spoiler. You'll forget that. So you're not to the point where you learn about dials and where you learn about uh, Nolan. I mean, I, I'm learning about dials and all that i don't know much about like what you mean with nolan like okay. what i would learn more than i'd already know but like I just, nolan and calgara the, the, I'm, the I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure the episode i just watched had uh some the guy who used to be god or whatever showed them what oh, ganfall yeah what the uh the dial does where that you can like Oh, the impact you know, dial, yeah. The impact dial, yeah. That is huge in the future because... I thought Us- the whole thing with dials was, like, really interesting when they came up there. I was like, oh, the, all this, like, kind of spins it's in. It's crazy, dynamic. man, because, like, honestly, if people wanted to upgrade their stuff, like, Zoro could have a fire sword because of dial technology. He could have a lightning sword. Like, Sanji could have a dial at the end of his boot where when he does his Diablo Jamble... He, or well, you, you don't know what that is yet, but when Sanji does a kick, he can send out some energy. Same thing with Luffy with the gummo gummo. He can make brass knuckles out of the dials. And like, so it's, it's very interesting technology, but the one person that utilizes this going into the future, Usopp. So pay attention to that because this is huge for him. But you're moving along, man. I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, Scott P is like one of the longest arcs. It's, it's not one of my favorites. I do enjoy the, if you haven't noticed yet, how Oda uses real life history history to uh kind of base his stuff on how the Shandorians are kind of like American Indians and like how their land gets taken like the whole the whole thing with the like they he goes over that and pay attention to different things because you've already met the fishmen. The fishmen are supposed to represent black people. And you'll get and you'll really? know yeah, you'll know that way more later 
because Arlong is like the worst of like the fishmen. When you haven't met Jimbe, you haven't met certain people. And then when you get the, the story behind why Arlong is like he is, you'll see that there's a Martin Luther King figure and a Malcolm X figure. And it, it, it's, it's so good. But I'm so happy you're into One Piece because where we're at right now, my goodness, shit is crazy. But let me tell you what I watched. I watched this show, this movie called... Uh, Oh, what I just had the name of it, but it's a Hulu movie. Let me pull it up real quick. It's was it a Hulu original or was it just a movie that you found? Um, I think it's a Hulu original. I don't know. It's the, oh no, it's not a Hulu original. It is the inevitable, the inevitable defeat of Mister and Pete. Came out in 2013. It's a drama. It stars Jennifer Hudson, uh, Skylar Brooks, Ethan Dizon, uh, Jordan Sparks, Jeffrey Wright, Anthony Mackie. Uh, Ad- Aduale and you and Kuyu, he is actually uh, he is from Suicide Squad, he's Killer Croc, so he's in there. And then H- Julito McCullum, if you've watched The Wire and you know of uh, of uh, Weebay's son, he's in there too. Super, super sad movie, man. If you want to understand right now why there's so much racial disparity and people fighting for inequality, that's a good movie to watch because you get to see how things actually work in the project and it's man it'll make you cry man it's so so sad it's a story of these two friends and just them making it through the summer of just having a shitty shitty existence and my goodness it's super sad the first movie i've cried to in god knows how long like that's how sad it was but other than that i'm oh i am on season three of the sopranos now I'm moving along, getting deep in there, waiting for you to start watching. We got to get you to watch either The Wire or The Sopranos for us to talk about it pretty soon. But other than that, that's that's been pretty much it. And Umbrella Academy, honestly, I'm so happy Umbrella Academy came out because I know this podcast was known to do the Doom Patrol review, but it's just season one, it, it just, I mean, season two just wasn't that great of Doom Patrol and I gave it another shot. I watched three episodes of it and, I just didn't like it, man. I really don't. And I don't know what it is. I, I guess I haven't really been interested in going back to it at the moment, but I wasn't not just, dis- I wasn't disliking what I was seeing. It was just more of like, it was, it seemed the like same old same. Yeah. And like, that's where I got to applaud umbrella Academy. Whereas I didn't know where they go. I don't know how they, they make it better than season one. To me, I felt like it was going to do something similar to doom patrol and they actually exceeded my expectations. And when we talk about it, I actually have a pitch for how they can keep this show going, but they're eventually going to have to get past one shtick and we'll, we'll get to it. But Schubert, whenever you're ready, brother, I am ready to start the show. All right, yeah, we got a few things we got to get through, but we got a lot to talk about and a pitch and match to come, so let's get to it. All right, so Star Wars has their movies pushed back to December 2023, 2025, and 2027. Aren't they Um, alternating with Avatar just to... Yes, yes, they are supposed to alternate with Avatar. If that happens, um, though. <laughs> if that happens. I mean, apparently he showed, uh, you know, on a side note, he showed some of the, James Cameron, I mean, showed some of the film to, like, the cast or whatever. Like, a part of it. Like, like apparently, like, three minutes. Oh, so my they have, they have three minutes. Well, at least right. they got some shit. Um, well, the rumors are for Star Wars that a solo sequel series focused on Lando and Maul could be coming to Disney+. Plus. And the Obi-Wan show is now shooting. 
Yeah, it starts so, shooting well, in, in LA in 2021 in March. It's going to start top of the year. Cool. Well, the Lando Mall series is kind of interesting. I'm just worried that like they're stretching themselves too far and like are is it one of those scenarios where they're telling you about all these series but then they're not going to be able to go through with them? Like luckily we nailed down that there is going to be filming for Obi-Wan. Yeah. Cuz that was always that was up in the air for a while, but the one that I'm the most curious about is what Cassie Mandor has to do with all this because this is a series like inside of that timeline. You know, the first one, not to cut you off, but that's something they've been talking about, and we still haven't heard anything about that series. Technically, should have been out this May. So, like, when is this series going to come out? Is it going to come out, or are we moving towards like Ahsoka? Are we moving towards like stuff more stuff that Dave Filoni wants to do? Right, exactly. Like Ahsoka too. This is supposed to be a spinoff of the Mandalorian, and then like they talked about, unless the Ahsoka is supposed to be the spinoff of the Mandalorian. They were talking about. They were talking about doing another spinoff of the Mandalorian. So it's like there's five or six shows that are right now in rotation. It's just like how many of those are you actually gonna be able to do? Um, but it's good that Kenobi's got you know a, a time to start shooting. The thing is, as long as Dave Filoni's like the spearhead of this, I trust it. It's not like Kathleen Kennedy with the movies where we have no no say of how things are going. I'm okay with all the spinoff, but like you said, they need to focus up and get ready. But honestly, and we talked about this off air with Taika Waititi writing one of those movies. I, th- I really think these movies are going to be the, the quote unquote high Republic era. Yeah. Not, not necessarily. It's, I think they're going to pull from the old Republic but they're calling it this high Republic to make it different from the legends. And it's going to be the official canon of pre uh, Phantom Menace. I think we'll still get like maybe a Revan. It's going to be a lot of the same. Yeah. I think we're going to get Revan. I think we'll get Bane or some versions of those characters in this high Republic. And I think that'll be the movie. But for the time being, Star Wars is going to be on Disney plus and Mandalorian should be out in like, what two months? It's August already, bro. The we time should be is- getting uh, we should be getting a trailer pretty soon. Yeah, time is flying by. It crazy. It's August already. Corona really just knocked us out for like four months, and it's still going. But hopefully, uh, everything works out for Star Wars. My thing is, Lando, cool, but Donald Glover, give us Atlanta season three. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I was kind of surprised that Donald Glover was going to sit down and do this. I'm like, where? when do you have the time to do this? That Disney paycheck, brother. You know that Disney money is different <laughs> than the FX well, and, money. But I will say that kind of gives me some hope for like that series. That he wants to do it? Series. Well, because like, he wants to do it, and I don't really feel like he's going to put himself in a situation where he's going to do some crap, you know? Like, he's going to go in there, and if, and if the people who are directing it aren't like, you know, up to snuff, he's going to be like, hold on, let me get my Emmy out or whatever. Honestly, when you think of, like, the new stars or the new, like, the new era of people, because, like, Leo and Denzel are getting old. When you think of the new era of people, you think Adam Driver, you think John David Washington. I'm trying to think of another, like, white actor, actress. Uh, You think Cersei Ronan, you think, uh, and you think Donald Glover. I think those are, like, the big four, Michael B. Jordan's in there. I would have said Ansel Elgort before the all the sex shit that happened with him. Now that now he's done for, but sure. it's it's Driver, Cersei Ronan, uh, Henry Golding, uh, Donald Glover, and Michael B. Jordan and John David Washington. Oh, and Robert Pattinson. Those and and uh, Timothy Chalamet. That's like the yeah, new group yeah. of stars that are coming. And Denis Villeneuve, funny enough, gave an interview about uh. 
about Dune and how he's so excited because Timothy is reminds him of a Leo or like these old stars like Paul Newman and uh and uh just the old stars of old. So really, really excited for everything that's going on with Dune. But dope Star Wars, man. Hopefully all this works out because you know how we feel. I feel like we have transitioned to make it a streaming service show from instead of a movie. Uh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm excited with everything going on with Star Wars and uh, hopefully more stuff gets like nailed down. I want, you know, I don't want to hear be reading rumors anymore. Yeah. Every, and you're starting to feel like I feel with DC, how it's always just rumors. I want to see action well, now. Yeah. DC was like what I'm saying and what I was worried about where DC was like spin down. We're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this and then backtrack. Yeah. Yep. That's how it was for two years. And at least now stuff is happening. So, yeah. but that's so, all my thoughts on star Wars. Yeah, so next we're talking about Fargo season four. Gave out like a little 40-second teaser. Not not and really my show, but the trailer was very interesting with Chris Rock. It makes me want yeah, to get Chris into Rock Fargo. Tim, Timothy Oliphant. Like, and that's the thing about Fargo is that each season is really its own thing. So you could watch this season of Fargo and it really wouldn't matter. I'm going to have to get into Fargo, so man. Might. Funny funny enough, that movie I was telling you about, the little kid wanted to be an actor in his insp- uh, mister and his inspiration for it was Fargo. He loved the Fargo movie and started watching the Fargo TV show, and that's what made him want to be an actor. So if Fargo's that good to inspire young mister, young Lynn might have to check it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, But, yeah, that's, that's really all I have on Fargo. I just thought that was really interesting that Chris Rock was coming to the series. and Chris Rock doing a lot of stuff, man, between this mm-hmm. and his Saw, his Saw original movie. We'll see he's, how... He's, tr- he's trying to get in that serious bag like Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler's like, Chris, <laughs> Chris you got to get in that serious bag. Yeah, dude. they are like, homies. Yeah. Adam Sandler has him part of his crew, so maybe Chris will do it and, and we'll see how it works. Hopefully it does. But, you know, one of my favorite actresses, probably it's between her and Amy Adams to me, who are the best actresses in Hollywood. Regina King is up for her directorial debut, One Night in Miami. That's what it's called. It has sold the rights to Amazon Studios, written by Kemp Powers, based off the 2013 stage play, One Night in Miami. It takes place in 1964 and follows a young Cassius Clay, who later becomes known as Muhammad Ali. After winning the world title of the heavyweight championship, the fictional story picks up the morning after the big fight as Clay and his three closest friends, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown, forge a pathway to becoming the trailblazer blazers in their own right this could be very very good or it could be very very corny there it it, i don't i don't know if you've seen godfather of harlem but it's it's an epic show it doesn't get enough love but it it, you can watch it on amazon it is so good and it and you see a malcolm x you see a bumpy johnson you see all these different figures from the 60s and it just works because of this era we're in everybody's trying to utilize the 60s and the 50s and I think I talk about this in Pitch It where now that we're so far removed from it we don't like to like glorify where if you look at Back to the Future 1 they made like the 50s and 40s seem kind of like this wholesome era era. but now that we're in this era where we're looking back and we see all the racial tensions and everything they're really making great content out of it by telling it the way it is and I think this could be great 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 seeing Sam Cooke Jim Brown and, and Malcolm X and uh, 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 Muhammad Ali, that could be a good show. But the thing is, I hope they don't have too many characters to juggle to where we get uh, some people's stories aren't fully fleshed out. But 
if this is Regina King's day, directorial debut and it's with Amazon and it's a best-selling play, it, it just works. Everything about it works. So hopefully Regina could get this going because she's going to become the most powerful woman in Hollywood pretty soon. Yeah, I think because it's based off this play, I think it's really just going to really center on those four guys. And so I think they'll be able to give them all each their shine. But um, yeah, this is a really interesting concept, but it's going to really lean a lot on Regina King and this being her directorial debut, whether or not, like you said, if it's going to be a really great show or if it's going to be corny. And and look, the fact that it's with Amazon, you know how I feel about Amazon. Amazon and HBO are the two best streaming services. So hopefully this works out. Good for Regina King. I'm super happy for her. Next up, we got Michael Shannon is the latest name to sign for Hulu series Nine Perfect Strangers. Joining previously announced cast members Melissa McCarthy, Nicole Kim Kidman, Manny Huacinto, Luke Evans, and Tiffany Boone, among the others. The show, which was received green light from Hulu about a year ago, is based on the book of the same name by Big Little Lies author Leanne Moriarty. It takes place at a boutique health and wealth resort that promises healing and transformation as nine stressed city dwellers try to get on the path of a better way of living. Watching over them during this 10-day retreat is the resort's director, Kidman, a woman on a mission to reinvigorate these tired minds and body. However, these nine perfect strangers have no idea what's about to hit them. This could be big for Hulu, but it does kind of interest me that HBO didn't want it because it's, you know, they, they're running Big Little Lies. I wonder if this is not as good as that, but we shall see if this works for Hulu. It's just giving Hulu more good content because like we saw with the Andy Samberg movie, they're trying to put out great, great content. So hopefully this, this is something good. They have a great cast though. Yeah, I mean, uh, what was the Little Fires Everywhere just got nominated for Emmys. So Hulu, oh, you talking Big Little oh, Lies? Well, I'm talking about Little Fires Everywhere and um, what was the other Hulu show? Oh, Handmaid's Tale are mm. shows that have been critically acclaimed. So Hulu can definitely put together a good show. Do you want me to like, put up the Emmys list? No, I, I mean, it's going to be a lot to talk about. All you know, right, just, I, I'll pull it up for right before Movie on the Rise just so we can talk about the big things. All right. Uh, but my, Michael Shannon, Liz McCarthy, Nicole Kitman, you know, Luke Evans, all really solid, big names to put into a series. So I think the Hulu is really trying to make this their next big show. Yep. So good for them. All right. Uh, next up. Oh, no. Next yeah. up is you. Next up, Netflix has announced that they're going to do a limited series in the Witcher universe that will tell the backstory of the Elven civilization before its fall and reveal the lost history of the very first Witcher. It's going to be called Witcher Blood Origin. Okay, cool. Is this going to be an anime? Because I know they're doing an anime series as well. I was looking in the story and it didn't seem like this was animated. I would assume that it's got to be in the animated one. Like, why would they do a whole other live action live action series? But I mean, that just shows how much they believe in their Witcher property. It's kind of the best property they have right now. If we're being completely honest. Oh, yeah, true. Umbrella Academy is the best property to have. But but we'll get to that and how much farther they can take that. The Witcher seems like the thing that they can run on for like at least three, four more years. For sure. And if they're finding other ways to do it, like with the animation. Mm hmm. And and then they're introducing new characters in the next one that are very important. So this is good. Shout out to the shout out to Netflix. I'm actually excited for this because I really do like The Witcher. But from something that we like to something that we don't like, bro. If I'm Hulu, I would not have 
accepted Disney giving me this Hellstrom series. I understand that they have to because Disney's the parent company, but Hellstrom released their trailer for Comic-Con. Schubert, I didn't understand what the series was about until I read about it. Like, the trailer gave you no information. It looked horrible. They didn't even have the Marvel tag on it. That's how bad you know it is. It just says Hulu. And if I'm Hulu, I don't even want my name on it. I just want it to be called Hellstrom. But it's this new Marvel thing. It's the last stuff of Perlmutter and Jeff Loeb before they left television. Now it's all of Kevin Feige's department. And Kevin Feige doesn't want anything to do with that. So I understand. This This trailer's just ass. Like, honestly, it's just horrible. I feel like this is just something that they had done that they needed to just put out and be done with it. I mean, there's really just no draw to the show at all, and the trailer didn't bring it, bring you in in any way. And to me, so, since you're doing this, why not just drop New Mutants on Disney Plus? Might as well. I mean, it's got to be better than whatever that trash was that we watched that trailer. But see, th- does that make you think that they that they may want to use New Mutants for the MCU? Even though Josh Boone came out and said that his stuff doesn't fit there, maybe Kevin Feige f- sees a way to where he wants to utilize those characters. Maybe the movie's good enough. Or maybe the they just want to make some money. Well, no, maybe some of the explanations of the powers are going to be something that they use in the MCU, something like that. Something um, because if if it wasn't good, they, they like would have did like that this. They reference, yeah, maybe. Some, um, just the way that they because they're in a, a a mental institution trying to figure out how these people's powers work. So I could see them utilizing something like that for the MCU because there's no way because if it was like Hellstrom, they'd have just dropped it by now. But there has exactly, to be like, there has to be something they it, want. Yeah, because like they're making it so important to release it. They're like, oh, well, it could be just because of the money. But I mean. Who knows at this point? Who knows? Because like some of these other movies have lost big money on not doing it anyway. Like they still put their movies out. So I don't know. Yep. Who knows? But that's all I got um, on Hellstrom. Yeah. So Arch Enemy, we watched the trailer for that a week ago. Um, and I wanted to talk about it. It's about it's a movie where Joe Manganiello plays Maximum Fist, who claims he's a hero from another dimension who has somehow landed on Earth and had been stripped of his powers. In other superhero movies, that might be the start of a rousing and upbeat redemption arc in the hands of the producers of this movie. It's something else entirely, as the first trailer for the film makes clear. Max Fist is a darker, grittier approach to the superhero genre. Instead of treating him like a powerful champion, no one believes Max's claims except for a teenager named Hamster and his sister Indigo. The siblings convince Max to help them take out a local drug gang where Max's abilities are put to a violent and harrowing test. Amy hmm. Smets and Glenn Howerton co-star in this film. Shout out to Glenn Howerton. Love seeing my It's Always Sunny's boys get get a uh, movie. Also, Super, I, I finally utilized my uh, Apple TV and I watched Mythic Quest. Really do like the show. Didn't understand the Jake Johnson, because I'm right after the Jake Johnson episode where it's him and old girl from Palm Springs just pop up. I didn't understand what's oh, yeah. part of like why they just did a whole separate episode, but maybe I need to keep watching. It was a, it was an origin of, um, it was an origin. Uh, I can't remember exactly cause I haven't watched that show in a while, but it was important. Like you, you should have been able to catch what it was about. Like at the very end, it's pretty much like the story of, how the Mythic Quest company came to be or yeah, something along it, those lines. I did see that. But this, 
uh, like we said with Hellstrom, how the trailer, you wouldn't have guessed what it was. The difference with this is, I wouldn't have guessed that that's what this is, but the trailer does look good. It looks very indie, low budget, but that doesn't mean any, that doesn't mean it could be bad. It actually looks pretty good. Joe Manganiello does his best Heath Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix in a car impersonation. But I'm, yeah. I'm excited for this. This looks, it looks dark. It looks gritty. Hopefully it's good, whichever, if it's a theatrical movie or if it goes to a streaming service. I just want Joe Manganiello to get a win because he's supposed to be Deathstroke and I don't think that's happening. Well, actually, I know that's not happening. Yeah, poor Joe Manganiello. He he was supposed to be Deathstroke for the longest time, and now he gets to be Max Fist. So, good, <laughs> speaking good of that, that, but did I you hear? Uh, no, I'm definitely gonna watch it. Did you? Speaking of people upset about roles they were supposed to get, did you see Jeffrey Dean Morgan just straight up on Instagram go, "Yeah, I was supposed to be Batman, but in the Flash, but Michael Keaton stole my role." So, no, no, no shade here. That shit was absolutely hilarious. But shout out to Joe Manganiello. I'll definitely check this out. Next up, we got. This was part of the Comic-Con at Home stuff, and this was stuff that I thought was important to mention. Okay, so Adult Swim has a lot of exclusive content coming out. Blade Runner Black Lotus is an Adult Swim and Crunchyroll production. It's going to be an anime set in the Blade Runner world before Blade Runner 2049. That'll be out in 2021. Also, Uzumaki is dropping. That is from the mind of Junji Ito. That'll be out in 2021, and a trailer was dropped for that as well. It's, it's just showing kind of how the art world looks in the world. It doesn't really explain the story. The final thing we have is Fina Pirate Princess. It's a new anime by Adult Swim and Country Roll that'll be dropping in 2021. And if you think because it's Pirate Princess, it sounds pretty, uh, it might not be for you, don't worry. It's very violent, very gory, very action heavy, and it looks pretty, pretty good. Schubert, how are you excited for this? Tsunami, Adult Swim, Crunchyroll, HBO Max partnership, because I think this is big because HBO Max realizes that our generation really loves Tsunami. And Tsunami was really kind of, they should have been ahead of the eight ball in the sense of making exclusive content for a service. Now they're backtracking and catching up to that and utilizing the, I guess the good nature and the faith of the brand that they've built with our generation and younger generations to where now they'll be able to sell some of this stuff. So I'm super excited for all this stuff. I mentioned, I think the Blade Runner thing is the thing I'm most excited for. They released some pictures and it looks crazy. So what do you think about marketable one? Yeah. What do you think about all this stuff coming from HBO max in adult swim? I mean, like you said, I think it's the perfect pairing uh, adult swim, you know, really leaning into of their what what their fan base wants the most, and that's the the anime content. Um, Fina Pirate Princess looks like it's going to be a, a a really interesting show. Like, I, it's something that I would want to I'd want to watch. And it works just because they'll be able to air it on Toonami and then stream it on HBO Max. See, that's what I'm interested. In. Yeah. Do you think they air it first on television, or do you think they they air it while they're dropping it on HBO Max? I think they air it while they're doing it on HBO Max. Like, I feel like. Well, no, I feel like it would air on TV before it would get on the service. That's what I'm thinking. It'd be like, I feel like they're going to do it like their HBO shows. Yeah, I mean, like, let's say it comes out on a Sunday night. It's going to be on the service Monday morning or 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 midnight, you know? Oh, oh shit. I don't I don't even think they're going to do it like that. I think just the day it drops, it'll be on the service because like Perry Mason, it drops on the service the right at the moment when the show airs. Okay, well, then they would do that. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, I, I like how HBO Max is handling this, and I think the partnership with Crunchyroll and Adult Swim just works. If you want to see any of the trailers, they're all out now on YouTube. And Fina Pirate Princess looks pretty fucking dope, even though the name might su- suggest ch- childish. It is by no stretch of the means childish. 
Yeah, but I think Blade Runner like is like going to be the best said, one. Probably the one I'm the most interested in. It can be the best one. I just yeah. think that it's uh, really something that a lot of people are going to be interested in just by name alone. And I think they have. And we're not big horror guys to do it. We're not big horror guys, so the Uzumaki thing's not for us. But I I know a big population of the of the world who is Junji Ito stands. He is basically what. Miyazaki is to horror anime. He is the guy. So this is big for Crunchyroll and Toonami to have him un- under their stable. So, but good for them. That's all I got on that. All right. So Dave Franco, he's going to play Vanilla Ice in an upcoming biopic titled To the Extreme, um, which will be, which will center around Vanilla Ice from high school dropout selling cars in, da- in Dallas to having the first hip hop single to top the billboard charts. A young Vanilla Ice struggles with stardom, extortion attempts, and selling out <laughs> as he makes music history. The Don't know extor- where this is coming on, what's this going to be on yet, but I'm definitely interested. I'm super interested. When you said extortion attempts, I wonder if they're going to have the guy who plays Suge Knight from the Tupac movies, from the Biggie movies, and from all the different movies to play Suge Knight, because he's the guy who holds Vanilla Ice over a hotel room by his ankles and like, you're going to give me my money. So they got to. I mean, hopefully they do that or you know they I gotta keep it realistic, be, man. That that's the way that they would keep it realistic is if you keep the dude who's ever played Sugar Knight and everything. Like don't get some <laughs> rando. Make it to where like this is just a big hip hop shared universe where uh straight out of Compton, notorious, the Tupac movie where it all fits together. That I look, I'd be down for that. So you might as well use the guy while he's of the age. The hip hop verse. The hip hop verse, yes. The one of the unsung movie universes that that is just happening low key. Where unlike the monster universe that Universal did, they they forced it. This hip hop verse is just working seamlessly. Well, I mean, that one dude who usually plays Tupac legit looks just like Tupac. So. He does. And honestly, he, he he said recently, well, I don't know if that still happened, but after the Tupac movie, he was like, I'm not doing any more Tupac stuff because he's been tight-casted, but I guarantee he's going to be in this Vanilla Ice movie. Take them checks, brother. Because <laughs> there's literally Take no one checks. else who looks like Tupac. Like, you might as well do it as long as you can. Exactly. And make free money. Yeah. But that's all the news we got this week, Shuby. All right, well, let's move into the movie on the rise. You know, sports has been back, and, you know, we're not on video, but I'm wearing my Porg Penguin shirt right now. You know, I have hockey on in the background. And one of the big reality show sports for me is Big Brother, which returns Mm. on Wednesday for an all-star season. They got some of the best Big Brother players in the history of the game. They're going to put them in the house this year and do a big all-star Big Brother event. And that's one of the best shows you can do in quarantine because they literally are stuck in a house for like 60 days. Real. More that's than that, good. like like 80. Real. I might actually watch it this week. Just, I mean, this year, this season, just because like, I know that's your jam. And when I don't I watch know, man. It's an investment. Like you're saying a lot because like that show comes on three times a week. Oh, Jesus. See, that's what I was about to say. When I was at your house for that week, I enjoyed watching it, but that's a commitment. Yeah, it's three times a week. I mean, I'm always keeping updates on Twitter or whatever. Like and the isn't there like the, yeah, I was about to say the live feed. Yeah. Also, funny enough, I believe, which streaming service just put out the challenge? They put the challenge on, on oh, all. I think it was on HBO, right? HBO Max? Um, MTV Challenge, streaming. I, 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 I want to say I Peacock. Maybe Peacock. Um, It's on Pluto TV. It's on Pluto TV. I think yeah yeah or, or Fi- yeah Philo TV whatever that is 
Yeah. Some yeah, so it's somewhere if you want to watch the challenges, it's all streaming now. No, it's CBS All Access. Oh, that's it. CBS it's on CBS All, all Access, Access of, of seasons eleven through thirty one. So it's yeah. It's, so it's I mean, there. if you're watching Big Brother, then you're definitely on CBS All Access. That's where you get the live feeds. Yeah, might as well watch uh, the challenge. I got this week on Wednesday. It drops on Netflix. The world's most wanted. It goes through some of the most wanted criminals and gives you basically a documentary style on 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 all the world's most wanted criminals. That's cool. Yeah, so it'll be something just something you to put on the background and you can learn some about the most deadly people from just El Chapo to the different gangsters around the world. So I'm always interested in that. On, on, the, on the show that we didn't end up putting out, my movie on the rise was for this week was Last Chance You. And oh, I did yeah. watch some of that this this week, and it too. was pretty good. I actually I liked the it. Laney guy. I watched like yeah, the I first the, three I episodes. I like the coach. I like the character, like the, the guys that they have on there. Um, I just wish they from, followed a quarterback, but but I guess none of the quarterbacks well, they have are good enough. If they all get hurt, hurt spoiler. Yeah, true. Because it happens in the first episode. Yeah. So, I mean, they pretty much do follow the quarterback, but it just wasn't who you expected. That is true. And who's your favorite receiver? Because they follow three of them. Uh, definitely oh, they follow Dior. two. Yeah, Dior's the man. I like that uh, cornerback they follow. Uh, Ray Rajon, Rajon, or whatever his name is, how he got his big brother in Oregon. So hopefully he makes it to the league because I feel bad for those kids. But I'm excited the fact that Last Chance You is about to be a basketball thing, and that's going to be crazy. That's going to be interesting. Uh, but I just don't know, like, how, what, they, how with Corona, yeah, yeah, man, it fucks it all up. So hopefully that shit works. Just because I was talking to my mama about this because my brother plays uh, college football, and it's like she was. I was like, Mom, how do you feel about the fact that if they're going to have land in place, she was like, I don't know if I want him to, but she was like, I'm not going to tell him not to. Cause that's his dream. But it's just like, if one of those kids gets sick, what's stopping us from suing? Because like y'all, it's not like the professional leagues where you pay these kids to play and they're risking their lives. No, these kids are, are an amateur sport. So it's, it's the school that's supposed to look out for these kids health benefits. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, we could have a whole debate on the whole paying players thing in a, on a different day, but I mean, but I, I, I you just, know how we feel about it. we both feel the same way. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people are now seeing the repercussions of not having the mm-hmm. games at all. So the importance of maybe giving paying, some, yeah, finance, yeah, paying players, paying players is a little bit warranted. Exactly. And this, and, and the Laney, just to tie things full circle, the last chance you think just shows why these kids need to be paid because like Rajon has to drive damn near three hours, hours to get, yeah. he doesn't have gas money he doesn't have like it, it's just they're in a fuck situation so it's just it's just super sad so if you if you're a sports fan you should definitely check it's check a out. way different tone of a last chance to you because like it, it almost the coaches seems aren't like the bombastic other, well the coaches aren't bombastic like they're really cool guys and the players are really like more in tune Focused. with like focus and being a part of like the a, a winning a football program, yeah. and like trying to make their grades as they can except for that one dude who like legit plagiarizes um <laughs> i feel but, like, i feel so bad for the offensive lineman who has like five kids or like two that's him yeah jeez man that guy he he, he definitely got to get his life in order but it's not like the other seasons where the first two seasons with buddy he was just cursing a storm and then the tutor was trying to be a star so there was so much drama the second the second two seat the third and fourth one they had that guy who kept going on undisputed and speak for yourself that guy was a clown (laughs) and then this is the most laid back like non clown coach so it's just it feels different it feels well, like, like it feels more like hard knocks 
Like, it feels more like Hard Knocks than it does Last Chance You, where it's, like, strictly business. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot more business than it is, you know, outside stuff. Like, I wanted some to of the outside, some oh, of the outside stuff I'm kind of annoyed by, honestly. Like, keep it to football. All those players that they show their his jerseys, are those players he coached? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, this dude's serious. Yeah, he's not like the other guys. No, dude, this guy puts guys in the NFL. Like, you'll, yeah. you'll find out, like, I, I did, you know, I, I wanted to figure out what happened to all the people at the end or whatever, and, like, this dude gives the results like so a lot Real. of those times you watch last chance you and like some of these dudes like you know they don't even like fall out some of them or some but like, like malik all the main- M- malik had so much talent he just fell off the face of the earth all, all of the main guys i'm not gonna like you know spoil where they go or anything but all the main guys got pretty solid plays. even the offensive lineman the guy who was plagiarizing real yeah. Hell yeah. Well, then I'm going to get you to tell me that after after we finish this because I'm going to still watch it anyway. But damn, I'm excited then. Go last chance, last chance you. So are we putting Pidgeot here or are we doing the review? Um, Let's go ahead and do the reviews. I know people want to get Pidgeot, so let's give it the best for last. For sure. Um, All right, let's start off with Guns Akimbo. Guns Akimbo was interesting. It was something you told me to watch, and I, you know. You were hesitant. Amazon. I was hesitant because, like, I heard it was trash, but at the end of the day, you know, it was it was fine. It was, it was good, a solid movie, man. It was, it was a good movie watching. You know, Daniel Radcliffe giving us something new. I was impressed by Radcliffe because I I wasn't. Whereas with with Old Guard, when you see Dudley, you obviously think like, oh, it's Dudley, and like you don't see anything else. This I actually believe believe he's this character, and it's great humor, great action. Your girl's in it, uh, who is like the new Charlize Theron. Samara Weaving. Like, Samara okay. Weaving, the new action lady. She kicks ass. And like, everything. I love the scene where they where she's snorting coke and then he hits his inhaler to go to go do assassin missions. It's just good. It's basically uh, Daniel Radcliffe gets these gu- like he's trolling on the internet. He talks shit to this gang who's running virtual fight club. Essentially, he he trolls too hard. The leader of it comes staple these guns to his hand, and he's now the new versus member versus uh Samar Weaving. Samar Weaving finds out that uh, which with the help of Daniel Radcliffe finds out that this gang killed her family, thus killing her father. And then she's like, "We're gonna take revenge." So then it's Samar Weaving and Daniel Radcliffe versus the gang. They end up beating them, and then Daniel Radcliffe becomes like this new assassin that's gonna take out the gang. Does Samar Weaving die? I don't think we got that answered. No, I'm pretty sure she makes it. No, actually, no, I think she does die. Yeah, I think she does die. She was like, yeah. She sacrificed herself for him. Yeah, something like that. But, I mean, it was was a really fun movie, man. Like, we definitely got some, like, Scott Pilgrim vibes. Yeah. It was shot with, like... Just the the way they were doing the video game type stuff. mm -hmm, The video game type stuff. They had really great action sequences. You mentioned the Samara Weaving one where she snorts the coke, like... All of the choreography was really dope. It, you know, it really kept you engaged with the fighting. You know, where where it was kind of lame was some of the the dialogue scenes. Yeah, um, with his girl, with uh, him and Daniel the girl, Radcliffe, his girlfriend, him and like yeah. the goofy guy who's always in movies being goofy or whatever. Who the homeless? Talking? He was the homeless. Oh, the guy homeless guy. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But compared to things like Extraction and Old Guard, where people where those movies are very serious, this thing doesn't take itself too serious, and I think that's where it works, because you, in another rea- reality, this could have just been an assassin movie where they take it super seriously, and they don't add any of the video game effects or the comedy, but that's what makes it a good makes it a good movie and very an entertaining movie. I'm giving this a 7 out of 10 easy. Like, it's, it's worth the watch. 
Yeah, I think it was kind of high. Six point nine. Like I would give it a six out of ten. Okay. Um, it's 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 fun to watch. Um, but it's definitely not like gonna make you think twice about Daniel Radcliffe as the the next action star. Oh no, no, not at all. It just it, it just makes you think that he has a comedy pat in his career. I think he does. I mean, I wanted to see some. This is really the, one of the only things I've gotten to see him do outside of Harry Potter. I never really watched uh, Swiss Army Man, which I've heard is good. It was pretty good, um, but also it had com- it had comedy aspect. Like that's what I'm saying. Daniel Radcliffe is is prop probably this action comedy, drama comedy, black comedy actor where he has some comedic chops. Because Swiss Army Man was funny as well, or had yeah, some funny- some dark humor to it. The other funny thing he did that I wanted to see was Miracle Workers, the show that was on TBS. Mm. So I know that I know that you wanted to check that out. But yeah, so I'm I'm into Daniel Radcliffe's work now. I thought that this movie was pretty good, and if you want to watch a free movie on Amazon, some things you could check out. It's it definitely was a, worth. It was an hour and a half, which is. Great. Yep, it's Give me an hour and a half movies. It's right up Schubert's path. All right, let's get to let's get to Avatar. I know last I know we last week we we missed out, but we're gonna do the episodes we supposed to just because we're staying in order. Last time we did five through eight. This time we're doing nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. And basically, this is the Appa is lost saga. It starts off with episode nine when Angs is starting to learn earthbending. He ends up it ends up seeing that Toph is this tough love teacher compared to Katara, and Katara's trying to help her, and she's like, "Nah, I do it my way." And then she ends up caving a little bit, giving him some uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for? Gives him some uh, uh, I, I, I don't want to say babies him, but gives him some some positive affirmation, which thus helps him learn earthbending. This is also the episode where Sokka has 300 hours where he's stuck the little yeah. chasm and then they have to save him but that's pretty much with episode nine super important with that isn't there a zuko st- oh yeah you you mentioned this last yeah, zuko, time zuko has a big arc where uh uncle iroh teaches him how to um deflect lightning yep and uh zuko the episode ends with zuko going out trying to actually deflect real lightning and i think this uncle- is perfect for their paths to show the because to me, rewatching Avatar, it's it really is reminds me of this show. This show is the reverse of Fire Lord Sozin and Avatar Roku, where Avatar Roku and Sozin start off as friend, friends, and then they separate to enemies. Where this show starts off as Zuko and Aang separating as enemies, but coming closer and closer to becoming friends. Where Aang, Aang has to fight his opposite, which is earthbending. Earth is the opposite of air, and he has to overcome that because it's different. Whereas Zuko, to be able to beat his sister, he can't shoot lightning because he has a storm inside of him, but he can redirect it, which is a technique that Iroh developed from waterbending, so the opposite. So it's all about them two having to battle their opposites to become stronger people, thus putting them on the path to becoming friends like Sozin and Roku instead of... Uh, having the fate that they ended up having. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think that this episode on the Zuko end was where it really shines. You just, you know, like you mentioned with Uncle Ira learning the waterbending technique, it just like a lot of little elements of like Zuko's path are shown in this. And we also find that they're trying to go to Boston say now. Yep, everybody's trying to go to Boston say because that's where Appa is. The next episode, speaking of Appa, that's the library where we learn about the eclipse where the firebenders are their weak 
weakest. So Sokka had to steal information from the owl, thus making the owl clash. Uh, the owl spirit god cave in the library. The scholar who brought them there was like, nah, I'm chilling. His ass definitely died. He did not live in that library. His ass is gone. He's not a spirit creature. But as the thing is going down, Toph has to try to hold the building up so they can escape, thus allowing Appa to be taken. So super sad notes. That's pretty super sad. Yeah, definitely. Like you learn a lot about um, how Aang's dynamic changes with the group once Appa leaves. But it's because it, it, it's because that this is the thing that connects Aang to his past. Without this, Aang is truly the last airbender because Appa gives him a sense of where he came from and it allows it to like, at, at least with Aang, it's like, it's me and Appa through this. Now without Appa, it's like, I'm at this alone. Even though he has Toph, Katar, and Sokka, it's just uh, another part of his past that's taken away from him. Definitely. And it hits them pretty hard, but that, that was a, definitely a really interesting episode with the whole library thing and finding about the making those discoveries. And the, it was just, it was a really neat stuff with like um, everything that was in the library, a little eclipse, like room and all that. Like it yep. was just a fun episode. The next episode is Aang searches for Oppa while Katara struck, struggles to keep everyone together so they can survive in the vast desert. This is the episode where we see Katara go from kind of like this bitchy mom figure to really being one of the leaders and the strongest ones of their dynamic because she realizes like, yo, I got to keep everybody together. Or we're going to fall apart. But I think that that's not the important stuff of this episode. The important stuff is the Zuko side where we find out about uh, the white Lotus society and how Zuko realized that, Oh, it's not j- just a game of pie show. It's these old men who they don't worry about national lines or like or uh, different cultures. They're all a part of this society because they practice the old ways of just stuttering, studying, bending how just how the world should work and how we should all get get along together. And I know we've been mentioning so far about watch out for the white lotus, watch out for the white lotus. But this is another like key point where it's like, okay, this is a gang. When will they show up again? And I got to say this, not spoiler, even though this series is so old, if you're just watching it with us, we've we've already met two White Lotus members in Zhang Zhang and in Boomy, but we'll find that out way later. Yeah, so that the White Lotus stuff was definitely huge. Um, and the one scene with Katara that I guess really goes with team avatars where Aang is about to go into the avatar state and yeah. she pulls him out of it. Um, Cause he's so about to kill those, like, those guys who, who were lying about op and they were like, no, we'll take you to Bossing Shay. Yeah. You're going to take us bitch. I'm going to go avatar mood. And Katara right, kind of exactly. calmed him down. So <laughs> solid last week, we kind of messed up with this, but episode 12 is two episodes. So episode 12 is Aang escorts, the refugees to Bossing Say through the Deadly Serpent's Pass only discover a plot by the Fire Nation threatens the city. This is the episode with the drill as well. This is the 47-minute episode. All right, well... You remember, we you, remember, you remember last week where we were confused about, wait, where's the drill episode? <laughs> they, they put them both oh, together. Oh, crap, and I still didn't go back and watch it. <laughs> That's my bad. Oh, no, it's all good. This is just the episode where it's just with the drill and everything, and you see the the reconnection of Sokka and Suki, and then basically, they yeah, it's Sokka and Suki, and they have to take out the drill that's sent by, uh, sent by, uh, what's her name? Azula. Azula, yeah, and then we see Jet come back. Jet and, uh, 
Iro and uh, my, my boy Zuko all ride on this uh, boat together. And that's very important because we see Jack come back later in the season. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do see Jack come back and sooner rather than later. We'll talk about him next week. Yeah, but that's pretty much it for this, this week's four. I wish I had more on episode 12 because I, I gathered more with the first three, but I forgot that it was 44, 47 minutes. And like like you, I didn't rewatch. Yeah, um, the the drill, I remember being a fun episode too, so I definitely want to go back and do that maybe after this. But I mean, I mean there's not much to talk about with yeah, it. Yeah, not much happens. Kinda, it's kind of filler. It really, doesn't, it really doesn't have much of an effect with what happens the next week. So it's not like I want to. It's just more fighting between time. Azula and the gang. It's just them battling her some more. So it's, it's probably the closest thing to filler we have this season. But next week we meet uh, the lady who is basically Donald Trump's press secretary who just is lying about everything. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, the bossing say lady. Yeah, the, uh, there's no war in bossing say. say yeah, <laughs> that lady. So solid. The Avatar watch is continuing and we're still in book two, but we're going to finish up. Let's get to Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy. Uh, let's Man, give a no- Lyndon, real mm. quick with Umbrella Academy, you know, you've been saying with the boys and Umbrella Academy, you're like, oh, well, you know, all this stuff with Umbrella Academy, I'm just ready for the boys. Once I started watching this, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot this show's pretty awesome. It, yo, I, I got to say, this season has been great. There's, there's only 10 episodes. Let's talk non-spoiler so far. They give a great recap in the beginning with the Hargrave uh, uh, family. And it just shows their dynamic, how close they've gotten. And just basically the idea of them going back in time really worked. And I could see them. This is what I was thinking. They could continue this for at least two more seasons where if they don't solve the apocalypse, like I said, I'm only five, six episodes deep. We'll finish reviewing it next week. But if they don't solve this apocalypse thing and they're keep fighting the commission, I would love to see them maybe go to uh, Japan, Sam, the, to go to like... Edo period Japan. I know, shout out to my guy Hastic, he mentioned this. There's many different periods of Earth they could go to and, and really change the dynamic of the show. But I really think them going with JFK, it, re- it really works. And I think that this season is better than the first season because it feels just more, more thorough. They understand what they're telling, whereas a lot of stuff got jam-packed in season one. I think season one was like a lot of exposition pretty much. like, And I think like you know, you mentioned off air, like, or no, even, I'm sorry, it's, it seems like it was off air, but way earlier in the show that, like, the Hazel arc. It really uh, was a big was, part of the show. one of the driving force in the first season, and I think that was because that was more of, like, people doing doing their thing. Like, we're not, like, too busy about, like, you know, the dramas of, the like, family. to come up. Yeah. And, like, this is way more in, invested in, like, what they're doing at this point instead of, like, what's happened in the past. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, that's at least just up to where we are right now. I don't know what's to come. But, but I, I mean, will it, say the first five episodes are great. And they're very, like, enthralled. Like, honestly, I'd have kept, kept watching. I just fell asleep. Like, and because, like, I was, like, you know me, I watch it all in one night. I watched the first five and then just had to go to bed because it was just so damn good. And, all right, n- now we're going to spoil. But any other non-spoiler thoughts before we start spoiling? Mm. I w- I will say that I think the 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 characters or at least like the people portraying the characters this is like or at least for Klaus or whatever the Klaus stuff is just my favorite. Klaus is amazing. All right, let's get into spoiler now. Klaus is fucking amazing. The fact that he went back in time and I like the fact the dynamic where 
okay, so they in the fir- first season, Vanya does this thing where she bl- her powers erupt. She shoots at the moon. The moon sends an asteroid, thus causing the apocalypse. Five gathers everybody. Vanya's knocked out, and they go travel to the future, where you think that they're going to pop up all together. They each pop up in different places. So Klaus popped up first, and he popped up three years before them. Luther popped up, I believe. Oh, no. Actually, mm-hmm. Allison popped up next. Uh, Luther was there for, like, half a year. Uh, uh, my guy, Diego, was there for, like, four months, and then Vanya was there for, like, half a year. Uh, in that time time we see uh klaus start a cult and become this Charles. i don't want to say charles manson because he wasn't killing anybody but he was this love guru type uh this love cult guru. leader yeah cult leader he was the the king of counterculture mm-hmm. and it was all because um, of ben him utilizing ben to make him feel like he can talk to the dead and do all this stuff he ends up becoming a cult leader uh i, I really as much as i love klaus's story i really love Allison's story and I love how they didn't stray away from the civil rights stuff the fact that she came in she married a civil rights leader and they started this this movement inside of Dallas to do to do sit-ins I think one episode where they actually accomplished the sit-in is a very powerful episode seeing all of them sitting there and then like the the people trying to kick them out and it's just super super powerful uh, I love I, Luther's storyline's kind of the one where it's like, bro, you got to get over this dad complex because you just went find another father and just doing bare knuckle boxing for this for this betting guy. So his storyline's whatever to me. Diego yeah. is a complete one eighty from season one. They make Diego a straight lunatic in this one. He's nuts. He has this hero complex where because he failed last time, and I guess it makes sense because he failed last time and he failed his father's expectations. His whole thing is, I got to be a hero. I got to stop JFK's assassination, which I'm like, bro, have you, do you not understand how time travel works? If, if you stop JFK's assassination, all kind of shit's going to go crazy. So well, the already thing like that is the one thing that's in the back of my head for this show is like the whole, are we sure thing? Like, are we sure that like all this shit that they're doing is now already fucked up the timeline? <laughs> yeah, 1000. But that's why the apocalypse has followed them. They, yeah, I mean, that, because that they, makes sense. they fucked it up. And I, I, I like Vanya's storyline. And I know Ellen Page probably re, uh, really liked it because she's a lesbian in real life. And now she gets to like really be her character and like really utilize this for the LGBT community because it just shows in that time period how women just had to succumb to men and just marry them because if not, they would be ostracized and outcast. I really want to know what's going on with that little boy. Does he have super? superpowers like will vanya be get, be able to stop him from being deaf like I, I i i feel like that's coming i and- also think there's a lot more to come with klaus's cult like because mm. there's this dynamic with him and ben discussing like uh ben like had something left yeah why does he want to go to san francisco so bad? i feel like he fell in love with that black girl I know, so I kind of want to see if they go back into that in one of these episodes in the next in the second half of the, the, the review. Show. Yeah, one thousand. Also, uh, five storyline is the only one that's consistent, and I want to see more development from five as we go on because five is probably my favorite character of the family, like in terms of actual powers, the way he can teleport and stuff. But my favorite one of them is probably Klaus. Like we said, I just want to see more from him and the commission. We find out that the Grey's Anatomy lady lost her job and now she she's doing her. She's flying solo. She has this Indian girl who she raised up, who is now her mission is just to protect five at all costs. Her and Diego fall in love, which is bringing uh, uh, consequences. 
tensions in its own right. Also, bro, the fact that Diego's supposed to be this master marksman knife thrower, he's been getting his ass beat a lot this season. Like, and yeah. I, I thought it was hilarious when five was like, picture Batman, but a lot worse. And but aim lower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, aim super lower. Also, the scene where fucking Luther and the guy that's housing them does nitrous is hilarious. Oh my gosh, yeah, dude. We're like, I, I the the scene at first where he's like, "Hey, you want to do nitrous?" I thought that they were just gonna leave it at that or whatever. Yeah, and like, not show it. Did, did he just ask that dude if he wanted to do nitrous? Like, where did that come from? And then they do the whole season, the scene where they do the nitrous. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. Mm-hmm. So it is, funny. It works so well. I'm trying to think of other moments that I really liked. Uh, they basically had like a one flew over the cuckoo's nest with D- with Diego inside of there. But let's talk about the assassins because we don't know much about them right now. They're the assassins. Oh, the Swedes? The, yeah, the three Swedish men that are chasing them. Uh, oh, the, now two. Yeah, well, oh, now, right. yeah, now two. Mom tells them that... Uh, they're working alongside them, but the Indian girl's like, how are they when they tried to kill me? So we got to see what's up with the commission. Also, we saw the leader of the commission is this fish in a fishbowl. Want to know more about him. So what's up with him? But so far with these five episodes, I'm trying to think of anything it's else. Klaus, that's, man. What, what else is super, well, super I'm important? Not, not Klaus, but I mean, it's Klaus from American Dad, I mean. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it is. And funny enough, he has Swedes working for him. So it's it's really Klaus, like just the super villain from American Dad. But everything, I really think the idea of them being in Dallas works really well with just, and a great scene was when, first off, Klaus breaks out Allison's husband from jail. And he's like, he's her half brother. And he's like, Huh? Because you got to think a man in the '60s having the being married to a black woman and seeing these all these different white people do stuff. You're like, what the fuck is going on? So first he deals with Klaus, and then Luther comes to his house and he's like, "Bro, this is enough. Like, what's going on?" And then and then when he gets to the sit-in, and then the, the sit-in gets broken up, and then Allison t- just whispers to the cop, "Like, I have a rumor. I want you to stop." He's like, "Ain't no white, ain't no black uh, white man about to just listen to some black woman telling him to stop." I thought that was hilarious. He's like, "Who you work for? The FBI, CS, CSI." Uh, KGB, KGB. Who, you, who the fuck you working for? And he just left her. So I, th- I thought it made sense. It's just interesting to see how all these di- all these different well, lives. Well, actually, where we left it, she's supposed to tell him everything. So we'll see how that ends up. I, and that's what I'm about to say. I don't think that she can, man. Like, it, it's same thing with Vanya. It's like, all these lives you build, you're going to ruin these people's lives. And that's a big, are we sure? Like, when you tell them from you're from the future, like, how does that work? The only one I can see working is Vanya's relationship because I believe that woman would leave her husband to go to the future. But the scene where Vanya cracks the glass and her husband's there and she's like, no, I have to go be with my family. It just shows like, damn, Vanya, maybe she won't leave with you. But I do like the fact that Vanya lost her memories and then now she's slowly... Kind of like a fresh slate. Yeah, it's a fresh slate. So she's not evil and we'll now get to see her use her powers for good kind of this season. Yeah, well, or maybe not. I don't know. We'll Who knows? The final thing we got to talk about is the dad. Oh, that's been pretty big. Yeah, so their dad's alive also, and their dad works for the secret organization who maybe puts out the hit on JFK. We don't know yet. And basically... We just know that he's there. Yeah, and Luther tr- Luther tried to talk to him. He didn't want to do shit with Luther. And then uh, Five says this this Greece or Latin that he always would sit read to them. And he I, I think he knows it that they're telling the truth, but he doesn't want to mess the timeline up. We also see that their mom was based off of a real person. We also see how Pogo in, had their first mission where they sent Pogo to space. He comes back and then 
um, Dr. Hargraves ends up saving him, thus turning him into this more humanoid creature. So I just, I, I think season two works so well for all the groundwork that they laid in season one and they give payoff for all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really a fair point with like the groundwork of season one and all that. Like, and maybe, and maybe that's why season two is better because it's like you said, a lot of exposition in season one and now we're getting all these payoffs. So I I guess like you can't get season two without season one, but it's just, man, season two is so good. Going back to what you were, we, when we were talking about Doom Patrol, it's kind of like where Doom Patrol gave us that layout in season one, and now you're expecting like a big payoff. You don't. Now, it's just a restart. Academy is like giving you that big payoff. You know? They are, and I'm I'm very pleased with them, and I think they they can definitely compete with the boys this year. It's going to be interesting to see if the boys live up to their season two because right now Umbrella Academy might be the best action television show we got this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, even though The Mandalorian is about to win. Emmy. Just huh. Oh, speaking of that, we might as well talk about some of the Emmy, Emmys before we get to pitch it. Uh, unless you have anything else on Umbrella Academy. I'm trying to think of I some don't. of the other big moments that we we might have missed. Um, great mm-hmm. fights between, like like we said, great fights with Diego, even though Diego should be kicking more ass than he is. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's pretty much everything. I also, like I said, the race stuff with Luther and just Allison and then is very interesting because like, like we said, white people and black people at that time did not get along. So it's interesting to see how like when Luther's eating at this, this black barbecue place and then all of a sudden Allison walks up and everybody's just looking at him like, what you doing with this white dude? Like they don't real like they don't realize that they're in the civil rights era time. Like that's a, are we sure you think they would be moving like a lot swifter? Oh, also, Klaus definitely messed up the timeline by going to see his lover of the Vietnam War. That's exactly where I was thinking. Like, when I saw that, I was like, well, how does that not mess up everything? It does. And Ben was like, stop. Like, I really want Ben to come back to life, but it's just like, how do you do that? Because, like, yeah, it's just like that. That He he needs to be there. And I thought it was interesting when Five's like, it's Ben here. And he's like, he doesn't time travel. It's just, that's fucked up, Klaus. You should have said Ben was there. But other than that, Umbrella Academy is great. And we will finish up the review next week with the last five episodes and give you guys our rating of the season. But so far, super, super great. Real quick before we go to pitch it, let me just announce some Emmys because there's some big ones. So limited series, uh, for outstanding limited series, we got... Little Fires, Miss America, Unbelievable, Unorthodox, and Watchmen, which I believe Watchmen is going to win. Comedy series, we got Curb Your Enthusiasm, Dead to Me, The Good Place, Insecure, The Kaminsky Method, Marvelous Miss Maisel, Schmidt's Creek, and What Do We Do in the Shadows? I believe your your show, Marvelous Miss Maisel, will win that. Uh, I'd rather have What We Do in the Shadows win, honestly. For real? Real. Well, shit's hilarious. We shall see. Uh, For drama series, we got Better Known Saul, Better Call Saul, The Crown. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale, Killing Eve, The Mandalorian, Ozark, Stranger Things, and Succession. I think Succession wins that, but I don't know, man. It could be The Handmaid's Tale, it could be Ozark, or it could be Better Call Saul. It could be Mandalorian. What are you talking Bro, about? Mandalorian's not going to win. You know that. Bro. Deep in your heart, you know that. Are you being serious or are you just joking? Dude, they're going to win something. They're going to win something, not that. All right, best uh, lead actress in a limited series. We got uh, Shiara Hawes. We got Kate Blanchett. We got my girl, Regina King. We got, uh, oh gosh, how am I forgetting her name? Carrie Washington. And then what's the, what's the lady from, uh, what's the big black lady from, um, from Hidden Figures? I can't Octavia think of her. Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer. She's nominated. I think Regina King's winning that 
for uh, Watchmen. We got yeah, Sh- Shira Haas is in that from our on Dorothy Talk. She did a really good job, and that was a big deal for her to get nominated. So, but this is her. but this is Regina King's award. Like everything Watchmen's I mean, in, I think they're winning. I, yeah, maybe. We got yeah, lead actress, lead actress in a drama series. We got Jennifer Aniston for uh for the Apple TV show uh, in the uh, the the morning news. We got Olivia Coleman. We got Jodie Cormer. Uh, I can't see all these other ladies' name because Laura they, Linney from Ozark, Sandra yep. Killing Eve, and, and then Zendaya. Zendaya. That was big for Zendaya, Euphoria. man. Yeah, I'm watching Euphoria right now. It's pretty crazy. Euphoria uh, is really good. I would love yeah, for I her to win. Really say that she's like the best. Part the best of the show. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see who wins this. Um, because I Laura Linney has a huge show. I, I'm I'm gonna say it's between Laura Linney and Zendaya, actually. Oh, and Jodie Cormer. But I think it's between Laura Linney and like uh Jodie Cormer C- or Olivia. Cormer, Cormer, Cormer oh maybe a Jennifer Aniston in the warning show. I mean, she did a really good job. We shall see. We'll see. Then we got lead actor in a drama series. We got Jason Bateman, Sterling K. Brown, Steve Carell, Brian Cox, Billy Porter, and Jeremy Strong. To me, this is between Sterling K. Brown and uh, Jeremy Strong and Jason Bateman. I never saw Succession, so I don't, I don't know. I need yes, to watch it. Succession's great. You should definitely watch it. Also, all right, let's get to some of the other categories. We got lead actress in a comedy series. We got um, uh, Christina Applegate. Rachel Brosnahan, Linda Cardellini, uh, my girl, uh, Issa Rae, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Catherine O'Hara. Is your girl from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel running this one, Brosnahan? Uh, I don't know. I think a lot. Of, it depends on how many, how uh, the people who are voting thought about Dead to Me. Because I mean, that two people put in that category for it. Is that Cardellini's show? Because Linda Cardellini's been killing shit, low-key. It's Cardellini and Applegate show. Yeah, so shout-out to them. All right, lead actor in a comedy series. We got Anthony Hamilton, Don Cheadle, Ted Danson, Michael Douglas, Eugene Levy, and Rami Youssef for Rami. Good for, good for Rami. Uh, I would love to see Anthony Anderson win for Blackish, but I don't think he will. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what Black Monday is with Don Cheadle. It's actually a good show on Showtime. It's very underrated. Seth Rogen has something to do with it. Um, I'm trying to see some of the other variety talk shows between The Daily Show, Full Frontal, Jimmy Kimmel, Last Week Tonight, and The Late Night Show. I think Last Week Tonight with John Oliver is going to win. And didn't Mahershala Ali get nominated for something? Uh, yeah, he is nominated for something. He's nominated for supporting, supporting actor for Rami. Okay, okay. Well, for lead actor in a limited series, we got Jeremy Irons, Hugh Jackman, Paul Mescal, Jeremy Pope, and Mark Ruffalo. To me, this is Jeremy Irons' award. Like, come on, bro. Him and Watchmen was if, amazing. If Paul Mescal gets it, it'd be crazy because, like, Normal People was a great show, and that was literally, like, the first thing that dude's ever done. Mm. So, like, for him to be nominated for that is pretty crazy. The same mm. thing with Shira Haas in the lead actress category. Like, for them to be nominated is pretty wild and i'm you know it's one of those things where i wonder if it's because it's been like a slow year but it really hasn't been a slow year for tv so i want to say didn't yaya get nominated for a supporting actor yeah okay yeah, cool cool shout out to yaya sure. who who else is nominated against that because I, I they're not showing me supporting actor on this website which is trash supporting actor in limited series it was yaya it was um yovan adepo from Watchmen, uh, Lewis Gossett Jr. from Watchmen, Jim Parsons from Hollywood, Dylan McDermott from Hollywood, and Titus Burgess from The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. 
Okay, so yeah, we got Mahershala Ali. Oh no, this isn't comedy. Alan Orkin, Sterling K. Brown. Okay, and then for the drama, like you said, um, oh, for best supporting actor in a drama, we got uh, Kieran Culkin, Succession, Billy Crudup, Mark Duplass, Giancarlo Esposito, Matthew McFadden, Nicholas Braun, uh, Bradley Whiteford, and Jeffrey Wright. I think it's going to either go to Jeffrey Wright or one of the Succession homies. And then let me get to the limit. Okay, here we go. Supporting actor for limited series, Yaya Abdul-Mahin, Yovin Adipo, Titus Burgess, Louise Gossett Jr., Dylan McDermott, and Jim Parsons. I think this is Yaya's award. I think Watchmen cleans up in this Emmys, as they should. Yeah, the only other Watchmen person that's nominated that you didn't mention was Gene Smart for Outstanding Supporting and Limited. Um, okay. She, she's up against a bunch of Miss America people for that show. I um, Look, man, I think Watchmen... I, I think Regina King gets it for Watchmen because she killed it. And I think they win best limited series. They're like Little Fires Everywhere. Okay, cool. Miss America, unbelievable, unorthodox. Those shows are not better than Watchmen. Watchmen to me moved the needle, and it was so damn good. And if Mahershala doesn't I win, I mean, it, like the, because of the show is different than like the acting performances. No, I, I get, and that's why I'm saying I, I'm okay if all the other actors don't win. There's only two things I want Watchmen to win. Best limited series and best uh, lead actress in a in a limited series. Regina King has to win, bro. She was so fucking good in that show. I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like it was a lot more than just her. No, I agree. I, that's why I, said, I would love to see Jeremy Irons win, too, because I thought he did yeah. a damn good job. But at least we agree that Watchmen should win at least for best limited series. The show as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to win best limited series overall. Okay, cool. Well, that's all we got really for the Emmys. But we shall be keeping you guys posted. It's going to be interesting to see how the Oscars go this year. Still got uh, the gentleman for winning an Oscar. The gentleman, (laughs) yeah, pretty much. It's got to be. like I I can't think of anything else. Or Palm Springs. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, they better not give it to Old Guard. Extraction. <laughs> Bro, I'd lose my mind. Does the Irishman count for this? Because the, the, No, the Irishman was last no, year. No, the Irishman was in last year. So. Oh, God. Bro, I swear if Extraction or Old Guard get nominated, I'm going to have a fit. No, neither one of them are going to get nominated. There's I don't no know what, the, what gets nominated. The Gentleman, um, I guess maybe Onward. Uh, Palm Springs. No, for best not com- Palm Springs. For best comedy. Maybe. I'm about to look the up hunt, movies. The Hunt. Oh, my God. The Hunt. Uh, what? The uh, Invisible Man. In- oh, my gosh. The Invisible Man. I'm- okay, look. I got the films that came out between 2020. Uh, I got the films that came out. So, we got Old Guard. Gray- oh, Greyhound. That's that Tom Hanks movie. That's the war movie. That's probably going to get nominated. Does Hamilton get nominated? No. It shouldn't, but it came out. Palm Springs, Dil Bachara, which is a comedy, 365 Days, Rogue, Eurovision, that's the uh, Will Ferrell movie, New Mutants, but that hasn't come out yet, Kissing Booth 2, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, a lot of these movies they have on here haven't come out yet. Oh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Oscars, but enough of that. Schubert, whenever you're ready, brother, let's get into Pitch It. What's up and welcome to Pitch It. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I got my boy Lyndon Burton with me at Bros Who Binge, and this is the Bros Who Think Network's game show, I guess you could say. And, pretty much, uh, man. Pretty much. And so we're, we got two of our favorite friends 
Charles of Primetime Podcast and Louise, a.k.a. Nola Pell's Reddit. Out and, here, man. Our yeah. season kind of got delayed like the NBA. So like... Just, just, a, little, just a little bit. Just a little delay. We had plans. This we had is the pl- plans and then, you know... Shit happens. And, and this is kind of like the playoffs. Low key. This is the playoffs. We got these two in the quarterfinals. Uh, then we got... Uh, Schmidt duel versus myself. The next match, the winner of these two of those two matches will be in the championship. And then out of the losers bracket, we got Jake Madison versus uh, Schubert. And technically, all the winners bracket has to do is win once. If Jake Madison wins <laughs> twice, it's over with. But this is the playoff system, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you guys here. I'm glad to have Lyndon here. You know, let's get right into it because like I've been super excited to jump into this. I've been writing questions and Lyndon's been writing some questions and, you know, first Lyndon remind everyone at home what the questions were that the contestants got before we started. Gotcha. Let me pull that up. My bad. But while I'm, while I'm looking that up, let's introduce the the two competitors. First, we'll start off with Charles Reese of the primetime podcast. Charles, how you doing, man? Doing good. Uh, been raining. It's been uh, some weird weather, but, uh, sports are back for the foreseeable future. I uh, think that NBA bubble may actually work, but hey, MLB is going to ruin football for us. So <laughs> might as well as cancel college football now because uh, college sports aren't happening and neither are on campus classes. But hey, COVID 2020, <laughs> let's go to 2021, man. Yo, it's so funny. Yeah, I, I got to hear your thoughts on just what's going on with baseball on another pod because that is when I saw the Mariners shit, I was just like, oh my gosh. But uh, glad to have you, Mr. Charles Reese, my brother. Uh, Join us as always, Nola Pels Ready. You may know him as his Twitter account, Nola Pels Ready, but we got our guy Louise here. Louise, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Quarantine's treating me awfully, and I get to see people. So this is good. <laughs> I'm glad. Glad to have you, man. The Pelicans are – well, one guy's mad because of football. I mean, you should – me and you should oh, be ecstatic. Oh, yeah, we have WNBA, like, actually, actual games. We have, like, scrimmage games, which I can give a shit about. But the Pels look good. We're good. We're good. We are good. The only thing that I'm hoping for is that I can watch Tenant before this year ends. But that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but, all right, let's get into our round one question that we gave them. The round one question is, pitch a TV series based around a musician or artist's life. Basically, I'll give you guys the rules. Round one, it's a three-minute opener. You can pitch, do your, you can use the full time. You do not have to. Next, we have a one-minute rebuttal, which after each person gives their opening thoughts, they will have a chance to rebuttal our questions. We're going to ask them some questions about their pitch. They have a chance to rebuttal and then rebuttal the other person's pick. And after that, they have a one minute and 30 second closing where they can give their final thoughts and then uh, denigrate the other person's pitch make <laughs> or, or boost their own. You can either attack or defend. That's how this game goes. But Schubert, that's the rules of round one for pitch it. Yep. That is the rules. And you remember, you know, like Lyndon said, it doesn't, when, so when we're judging, it's all about everything that's said, not just the pitch. So, you know, if you don't attack the other guy and we don't answer those questions that we may have found about it, then like it, you know, uh, you're in trouble. Takes away points. And you gotta gotta remember your audience sometimes because that one time I didn't uh, know who the hot boys were at the time. Oh my god! I forgot about that. <laughs> that was a real that was a real match, man. I was I was dumbfounded. We had to. That was crazy. But all right. With that being said, Schubert, I'll put one uh, three minutes on the clock, and uh, hopefully my editing skills are good by the time you guys see this. That there'll be three minutes on the clock on the on the screen. But if not, you know, we'll see how it goes. But all right, I got three minutes on the clock. Oh wait, no, we got to flip a coin. God, oh, we got to flip a coin to see who gets first pick. Uh, Charles, heads or tails? Tails. It is heads. We got heads. Louise, do you want to go first or second? 
I'll go first. All right, you go first. All right. All right. Luis, three minutes on the clock. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one. Pitch it. All right. So for me, like an artist that I would love to see something on, we need to see something on. And I hate to do this to him right now because, honestly, the story's not done. It's Kanye. I have loved Kanye since I was a kid. He, like, just the story, like, his story, uh, if it was just, hey, he stopped making music, like, three years ago, it'd be a great story to hear anyway. Because uh, he started from the bottom. Like, he was just a backpack producer. That's all he was. And, uh, you know, gets with Jay-Z, ends up being part of The Rock. It's kind of crazy. Ends up having his own label. Has, is very successful. And then there's the other shit, you know. His mom dies. Kind of goes a little crazy. Uh, he marries a Kardashian, like maybe runs for president. I don't really know. <laughs> but uh, like the thing is, the story's not done yet. So hopefully it doesn't end up poorly. But I really think that like that's the person that's like a person that we need to see a story on. That's all I got for that. All right. <laughs> word, word. Time is up. All right. Charles, you can begin your pitch in three, two, one. Pitch it. I think if you're going to do a movie, not a movie, but a show about an artist, a musician in particular, it's something we don't really see. Besides Hannah Montana, I mean, how how many times have we seen an artist, specifically a musician, have a TV show about them? You don't see it. You've seen movies, right? We've seen the movies about Elton John and other artists. We've seen the movie about Jersey Boys, which really was a play. And one of the best plays I've ever seen was Beautiful. I saw it on Broadway before it came out and was mass produced, won all the Tonys that it won. And it was about Carole King, someone not many people knew about, right? She wrote a lot of songs. If you go look at the songs Carole King wrote, you'll see a lot of songs you didn't know about. But who's someone I really want to have a show about? It's one of the top five most influential artists, musicians of all time, Bob Dylan. Somebody that I think can encompass both sides of today's society in a show. You have the elderly white male, who loves Bob Dylan, who grew up listening to Bob Dylan, but Bob Dylan's songs are rooted in controversy. They're anti-war. They're, they talk about you know minorities doing better things, doing bigger things in the world. Bob Dylan's music was you know, a transformation for many different genres. Not only was he a musician, but he was a poet. I mean, you look at Bob Dylan's influence, he had an influence over culture for 50 years. It's a lot bigger influence than most musicians have ever had. I mean, arguably, you could say maybe some of the classical artists have had a bigger influence, or maybe the Beatles, but right behind them, I'd say it's Bob Dylan. And I want to know about his music. I want to know how he came up into creating songs like this. What influenced him in an early childhood in that first season? How he was born, you know, of a, um, a Danish descent, you know, he as being an American. I want to see how he grew up. How did this, how did the, um, the war in Vietnam really influenced him and all of the things that went through, you know, segregation. He went through those times and he wrote music about that, that time to today. You know, he's still performing today. He's still touring. Yes. He had a small stint in the sixties, late sixties where he stopped touring and then started touring again in 73, but he's never left the road. And that's something that I think that that series can go 10, 15 seasons. And it's something I'd be really interested to watch. All right, done. You had 30 seconds left, right. so you, you use majority of your time. All right, Schubert, you can start off with your questions that you have for each competitor, and then I'll, I'll uh, ask after you. I guess for Luis, my question would be, 
would uh would Kanye have like um would he play himself? Like I almost feel like that would be the way that he would go with that, or would he try and find somebody to play the young Kanye and up and and also then to Charles, my question would be like, is there a specific event or moment that in his life that we can like use as a a plot point right now? Because like with Louise, I have, you know, married a Kardashian, you know, I have like an idea of what kind of things he's going to do. And for Bob Dylan, I know that I'm interested in finding out some of the things that he did, but is there like one thing that you can say that he did do? All right. And for me, uh, for Luis, I want to know if just the, 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 I don't, I don't necessarily, I actually, I want to know if Kanye has involvement in the show and not, and to see how honest we get it. And, and if he has no involvement, I want to know where do we, Give give me like a linear thing. Are we going from college dropout to? Are we going pre college dropout when he was producing with with Jay Z? I wanted. I just want to know the the context of how how long we're going, and that maybe could give us a key of how many seasons. Charles, I did appreciate you saying how many seasons you wanted, but like, ooh, fifteen seasons is a lot. <laughs> give me give me something to wear. Like, is this gonna be a network show? Uh, if it was streaming, because I'm really interested in it. You pitch the fifties and sixties right now is a is a time that people are exploring in television. We see with like Perry Mason, Watchmen, we see all this, we're going to that civil rights era. So that, it interests me because I don't know much about Bob Dylan, but it's just the 15 seasons thing is kind of, it's kind of weighing on me. So just, just uh, answer that for me and, and how, how you would want to structure it. Kind of like Schubert said, are you going to have any like basic plot, like uh, big moments? So yeah. All right. And then uh, Luis, you are, since you chose to go first, you are on the clock. We got, Two minutes. We got uh no one minute for your rebuttal. You can begin in three, two, one. Pitch it. Uh, I almost think you can't let Kanye touch this. Like to to tell the story of Kanye, like you have to, you have to have him away from it. Like it's, it's, it's just gonna have to be how it's gonna be because he's gonna want to have too much say. Like we see how he is. Like right now, he's just a little too over things, and like I don't think he could. As much as I think he'd want to tell the story of how great he is, I don't think it's a good idea. And I forgot. So that's Lyndon's question. I forgot Adam's question. Damn it. Shubert, you gonna repeat it or no? Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, like who would who would uh, who would play? Who would play? I, I I don't know yet. <laughs> I got all I know is I can't have Kanye on it. He can't be involved. All right, for sure. All right. Charles, you got one minute on the clock. You can begin your rebuttal right now. I think 2020 would be a great start for the season. You know, I mean, you look at 2020 and what's going on and race relations, what's going on through party affiliation. I think Bob Dylan could come out with his opinion and see how he's formed that opinion over the years. One of his most famous songs is The Times They Are Changing. And I tell you what, 2020 is a great example of that, right? And if you want to ask who's going to play him, I think, you know, you see Dylan flash to his current thoughts, but then you could have someone, um, you know, that's done multiple Broadway plays. You've seen that in multiple sh- movies as of recent or as of late that have been very successful. Greatest Showman, for example. A lot of Broadway actors that can sing have done really good in movies. And look, let's be honest. We already have Keeping Up With Kardashians. I don't think we want to see that again. All right, stop. All right, all right. So now it's time for y'all's closing thoughts. One minute, one minute and thirty seconds. I'm putting it on the clock for you, Louise. Uh, all right, and you can begin your closing final thoughts in three, two, one. Pitch it. Look, I disagree, just because obviously it's my idea. But I think that it's a really good story of like 
not only like how you can pull yourself up, like hard work <laughs> and all this, but also how like fame can change people. And like, there's stuff about his mom that, you know, like his mom kind of got involved in like plastic surgeries and stuff. And like, that's kind of the reason why she ended up like passing. And like, so, and he was so close with her. I don't know. I think there's a lot of things you can touch on. You can touch on fame, you can touch on how that touches mental health, uh, sort of what we see now. And like, hopefully there's like a resolution. Honestly, the biggest thing is that it's not a complete story right now because we don't know what's happening. Uh, Bob Dylan, look, I, I like Bob Dylan. I think it's a great idea. I don't have anything bad to say about it for Charles, uh, except for the 10 to 15 seasons. It's the only thing I'm like, ah, but you know, for me, I was thinking like more like a mini series, that kind of thing, starting before, you know, pre-college dropout going as far as you can now. And that's kind of it for me. All right, Charles, I'm going to put a minute and 30 seconds on the clock for you. You can begin your final pitch in three, two, one, pitch it. I think saying something good 10 to 15 seasons just shows how good of a, a show it could be, right? And, and I don't think that that's something that Dylan would cover entirely. I, I think that's something that you can go part to part to part to show his evolution through music. And, and really, if you can follow an artist's evolution through music from before they got their record deal to you know, whenever they were creating great music in the 60s, 70s, 80s, to even today, you can see the growth of an artist, not only through their music or, or, you know, how their music has evolved, but also their life. And I think that's something that, you know, at the end of the day, I opened it up, you know, saying that this show would appeal not only to, I think, people on the right side of politics, but also the left. I, I think that's something that maybe if we can use that in a show, you know, music and entertainment and movies, et cetera, has always really been used to influence society, right? And this show, in a way, could influence society by showing how, look, this is what Bob Dylan thought, and a lot of these things are applicable today. And if we can do that, look, not only will, would we be creating a great show, but maybe we'll be making a change in the world at the same time. All right, Schubert, give us what you think about each person pitch and where you are leading. I have the third judge, if necessary, on standby, and uh, I'll blank out my screen and go talk to him and see what he says, but, uh, <laughs> if that's necessary. Schubert, right. let's, get it, let's get it going. All right. Uh, you know, I have two different opinions on, on each one. Like for Luis's argument of Kanye, I, it's, and even I feel like he said it, he was saying it himself where it just feels like it's hard to figure out how that would actually happen. Like how that would all come to be, um, but it it does. I do understand like what we're getting out of it as well. Where with Charles is, I I still I you know I'm hearing like you know extended amount of time, and I understand like the tones and what the messages that we're going to be sent. But like I just don't understand like the actual concrete uh, parts of his life that were like. Well, he kind of said it at the this. end. How and let, and let me and this this is where I'll just discuss with you because that yeah. what you're saying is kind of where I'm at. But he kind of said it at the end where he was like, it goes through like the start and like I'm guessing each seat the way and this is my interpretation of it. He's and the way one season will cover like his his come up. The next season will cover another album or era in his life, and it'll go and it'll go and go until we get to the end while having flash forwards to him now looking back at his life. I, that's how I kind of interpreted Schubert. I don't know if that's me stretching and, and pulling things together, but just from that last little bit, he said, that's, that's how I looked at his concrete way. Whereas Luis, I, I know, I know, it, I know where we're going with that. It's, 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 it's from 
the his his era with Rock with uh, Rockefeller from producer on the way down dropout graduation et cetera et cetera on the way to being where he is now. Yeah, so uh, I guess if I had to go which way I was leaning, uh, I still think that um, the logistics and the complexity of what Charles's pitch would give for Bob Dylan would be where I would go, just because like, and you know, we were talking about the era. And, you know, what he was talking about reflecting to 2020, you, that's definitely a big parallel. And I feel, I see where you could make it not only something that plays on the past, but also the future as well. And like what the, what the, what the, what, the, what Bob Dylan means and what he did, you know what I'm saying? So you're going with Charles. Yeah. All right. So for me, man, it's tough because I know the Kanye story and it's something that I definitely would love to see. It's just, I don't know if that would, I don't know if that would ever happen. Whereas Charles's series, I think it's, it is possible. And that's something I don't know much about. So it's always the discovery versus the non-discovery, but I shouldn't dock points because of a non-discovery. I, I will, do, I will add points because I loved how Charles was on the offensive. Louise defended it pretty well. Just no, no, no barbs across the other way. And you know me, I'm the barb guy. I, lo- I love seeing, <laughs> little, I love seeing some jazz. I don't know enough about Dylan to bomb Dylan. Like, I'll be honest. Like, that's it. <laughs> and some counters, but look, I think both pitches were great. I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling like you. I'm leaning a little bit towards Charles just for how television is right now, and just the era. Everything just works for that pitch right now. And I, I love the the Kardashian line. That was, that was great because we do yeah. have keeping up, and we're gonna find out about this presidential run in a couple weeks. And I'm hype. <laughs> I am hype. But an album coming. <laughs> so. He, he- Hey, before from pre-virus, he was going to take over church too. I mean, you can best believe that he was about to have <laughs> yeah, the church Joel, in every the, state. The Joel S. The, uh, Olstein arc would have been in, in would have been impeccable. <laughs> but round one, uh, uh, we're both going with Charles, so let's get to round two. Round two, Charles is in control of the board right now. It's the first one to get. Uh, it's best of five, right, Schubert? So yeah. So Charles best has to five. get. Charles has to win two, two rounds, two more rounds to win. Luis can come back in that. So Charles is control of the board. Basically, how round two yeah. works. Uh, Charles will pick a number to get a, a category slash. Question. No, he'll pick. He'll pick a category. I'm going to give him the categories, then you pick a number and mm. to get your question. True, true, true. You're right. And so. then they have two minutes opening statement, and then a one minute rebuttal, which is their final statements. It is all about spontaneity and can you think on your feet? You only have two pitches, so think wisely, gentlemen. All right, Schubert, give Charles his categories that he can pick from. All right, you can pick from choice, sports. Film and TV choice is there's pretty, there's a question on here where you get a pitch and you, you have choices on what you can use as a prompt pretty much. Uh, sports. Sports. Okay, sports. Whoa, whoa. All right. Let me, that coming. All right. Charles, pick a number between one, two, three, four, three. five, six, seven, three. eight, nine, ten. All right. Whatever. Three. All right. Three. One, two, three. Oh, Oh, no, I think, okay, wait, no, one, all right, wait, here we go, bow, got it, yeah. got it, I had to go from the bottom, my bad, got it, okay, Charles, funny enough, it's, it's, it's a category that is going along with what's going on today, pitch, which you think the Washington Redskins' new name should be. Easy oh, enough. Easy enough, this is an easy question, Charles, do you want to go first, or do you want to go second? I'll go second. Go second. All right, Luis, we got two minutes on the clock. Gather your thoughts. What do you think the Washington Redskins' new team will, name will be? You got two minutes on the clock. 
It's on the clock. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one. Pitch it. Like, okay, so I, first of all, not a huge football fan, so let's get that out of the way. I know the story of the Washington Redskins or the Washington football team. I actually kind of like the idea of, maybe it's because, like, I'm a huge soccer fan. And, like, a lot of those clubs are just football club. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, the, the Washington football team. Like, I've seen some, like, mock-ups of, like, just, like, silly things that were kind of, like, making fun of it. But, like, as a concept, I don't hate that idea. And that's just kind of what I'm sticking it with. I like it more than, like, let's say the Sentinels. I don't know. It just sounds a little too X-Men-y for me. Uh, but, like, just the idea of a team that's just, hey, this is our identity. We're a football team. That's it. Like, we don't deal with mascots. We don't deal with this and that. The only problem is, like, I don't know what you do with the logo. I don't know what you do with any of that. But other than that, like, I just think with sticking with, honestly, the Washington football team, like, this is us. Like, no nonsense. This is our thing. I think that's the best way to go for that team. All right. All right, Charles. I'm putting two minutes on the clock for you. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one. Pitch it. Look, if Washington's not doing anything with their name this year, I think that it's time that, you know, they stick to the colors because that's what they're doing, right? Have you seen that stadium? It's red and yellow. They've got a band. I mean, this team, what they do, and I've been to a Redskins game, famously the one in 2009 whenever uh, Meacham stole that football and scored the touchdown and somehow the Saints won. Besides the point, that, that stadium, it would be too much to change the color scheme in my uh, opinion and look you know I really like the senators I think that would work the federal something like that because you have the nationals and the capitals right but let's stick with what the Washington Redskins represented right you know let's stick with the Washington Warriors because if if anything the Redskins was an offensive name that's why they had to change it but at the same time if you want to honor what you were trying to portray I guess in a way is that let's honor the history of what the Native Americans really were. Let's call them the Washington Warriors because I think that actually rolls well, right? You have that WW, you can keep the color scheme. And at the end of the day, you're still going to make money off of changing the name. You know, at the end of the day, the owner's going to make some money because it's the Washington football team and they're going to sell all those jerseys this year. People are going to buy them. But guess what? The Washington Warriors, same color scheme. People are still going to buy that jersey. You know, you really don't have to go that much. You know, you don't have to do that much in terms of, creating a new logo, changing the stadium. I think that's the easiest way to go. And I think that at the end of the day, it, it does what they needed to do in terms of changing the name, but it still honors the Native Americans that, in a, in a way, can still be honored by having that name. All right, All right, Tom. Schubert, any questions you have for them to get into their rebuttal slash final thoughts? Um, do you think that uh, the name the Warriors – is uh, I wouldn't say stained, but never going to be known as the the Warriors. You know what I'm saying? Like where some team is like that. You know, there that's their identity. But Washington will never have the identity as the Warriors as long as Golden State's around. But uh, and then um, for Luis, my question would be: You know, it it's not soccer. So in a case where you have to pitch it to an American football audience. I feel like they are so set on, you know, mascots and all of that. How would you um, convince the people that just a nameless team would be, would work? And see, my competitor in me, I already know how you should do it, but I, I can't look. I'm, I'm not competing. So, all right, my question for Charles would be, uh, 
essentially the Warriors give me an idea of how are we going to mascot this? How are we going to logo this? Because I love it, but like, let's not let's not fall back into the same patterns. <laughs> and let's let's not give these people ammo. Just just explain it. Like, I'm not mad at it because the NBA does it. I love the idea of honoring, but just tell me how we go about doing that. And uh, Luis, kind of like what Schubert says, like, how do we convince a boardroom of own, like you're the guy going in the picture to the owner? Like, how are we gonna how are we gonna convince these the owner and the marketing team that yeah we're just gonna be the Washington football team? It doesn't matter about our, our mascot, our logo, or anything like that. We just we're, we're about we're about this. So just explain how you how you go about getting them to to be okay. well, and also how you logo, also how you logo, how you logo it. Yeah, true, 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 one hundred percent. All right, so Luis, you are on the clock. You have one minute to uh, rebuttal what we said as well as. Uh, if you want to discuss Charles's pitch along with your final thoughts. So you got one minute on the clock. Use your time wisely. You got three, two, one, pitch it. So I think, like I said before, like the biggest thing is like, this is us, right? Like this is what we are. We're no nonsense. I think so like the Pelicans have like the ligature, which is that NO that like is really, I, it's honestly my favorite logo that they do. And like they just use it in like spots. I think something like that, I don't, I don't know if WF is a good idea, but like just, that kind of idea, like it doesn't have to be like something extravagant for a logo. Uh, and while we're just like sort of taking shots, uh, I don't know if you can keep the same. Like Charles mentioned, keeping the like the logo ish the same, and like for the Warriors and like Native Americans being portrayed as like I don't want to say that you that, that Charles meant it as like violent, but like that idea that that's kind of there that you can kind of we don't want our people to be seen as violent because then now it's Warriors. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> That's just it. What I got left. Oh, you got yeah, nine That's seconds it. left. You use your time. Ah. All right, all right, Charles, you got a minute on the clock. You can begin your rebuttal in three, two, one. Pitch it. Well, to Schubert's point, look, there's six mascots right now in professional leagues that uh, are shared by multiple teams: the Cardinals, the Giants, the Kings, the Panthers, the Rangers, and the Jets. So, do I think that they'll be known as the same thing as the Golden State Warriors? Absolutely not. I mean, come on, guys. That's not what we're portraying here. And is that name offensive? I don't think so, because you do have the Golden State Warriors. Can you still use the same colors? Absolutely. And that's what's important to me, is that you don't have to change much. And especially in a time of COVID, whenever you're going to have to go and and remodel the stadium, you're not going to want to do that right now. And look, if there's anything that the Redskins didn't do, it was onto the Native Americans in the right way. I think that the Washington Warriors can do that. Look, you're not going to have the same... Native American face that you did for the uh, Redskins, you're going to have a different look. You're going to have maybe more things that are involved with, you know, Native American history. You, you know, you'll have a, a play on the W. Ooh, you got to stop you. Timer is up. All right. All right. Schubert, you want me to start this one? Um, Sure. Okay, first off, I thought Luis should have just been like, and and this, and this is not me again upset at his pitch and saying what 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 he should have done. I'm just thinking like, if you'd have came in like, oh, we're just about winning, and when and and that's how you pitch it to the TV networks, like we're about winning, and 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 we're not about the with our the, W. Yeah, we're not exactly with our <laughs> W. We're not about all this floss and this flash and this flare. We're about winning, and that's what we're here to do. We're here to win football games. So I'm not I, – I, I like the idea of the WF with the NOLA thing. I'm not mad at that. Charles, I think, I think you were put on – I think your foot was put to the fire, but I think you handled it. You came in right at the end with changing that Native American face. I needed to hear that. I heard it. And, I, and, and look, Schubert, this is more of – Luis sent the, the jabs. Charles defended it well. 
but I think Charles might have had a a better I I don't want to say better idea, but just I don't know. I, I was leaning his way because of the defense. I loved it because it was an onslaught. There was if he had to defend that well, and I think he did. The question is, is Luis's pitch good enough to beat that great defense of the of the Washington Warriors? Um, yeah, I thought it was a good defense. I still have my hangups on the Washington Warriors. Um, and, but I do feel like Charles did explain it pretty well and give us a good outlook on what it would be. Um, I, I actually was kind of felt pretty good about Luis's pitch. I was, um, I thought he, you know, kind of gave a, gave a good idea of making it about more than just your name. I, no, for I guess. Sure. And so I've, you know, especially for team trying to keep their sense of community i guess you know not not entertaining the idea of changing your name and just being washington would be uh, something that they could go with um so that's that was my thoughts so you you going with louise with this one yeah actually yeah i will go with louise for this one yeah Ooh, interesting man i think i think we're going to the third party judge so with that being said let me hold on. all right the third party judge said that i'm wilding for the fact that I'm, I'm awarding defense, but I'm not awarding offense for Luis bringing that fire to Charles. And he said that Luis's pitch was solid enough to where if Charles would have jabbed the right way, it, he could have won outright. But the fact that Luis was on the offensive and didn't have a, ne- a, a, a really, he didn't have a pitch that was bad. He had a pitch that was from solid to, to good. So he thought that because it was a solid to good pitch with offensive punches involved, and bringing the fight to Charles, there's no way that we can't go with Luis. So Luis right. gets this point. It's tied one to one. Luis, you are now in control of the board. Schubert, give him his categories that he can pick from. All right. So you have the choice question: sports, film, or TV. Let's keep it with sports. All right, we're, okay. We're, we're keeping it with sports. All right. Well, pick your number one through seven. Uh, let's do seven. Okay, all right. Pitch. Oh, oh no, it's oh no. The NBA, MLB, NFL, MLS, and NHL are all on strike. Well, we can say they're all canceled because of Corona. The United States needs a new sport to get behind. Pitch. What professional sport shall I'm, take over? I'm, I'm pretty sure I had this question. My You've had this one. See, yeah. she would, I, I, she would, well, I, I mean, there's, you can answer so many on that. No, we're good. <laughs> all right, well, Schubert said we're keeping it because I, I, I took out all the other ones. Well, if we're keeping it, we're keeping it. We're rocking with it. United States needs a new sport in their absence. Oh, that's up to you, Luis. Since Charles had it, I'm, I'm going to give you the choice. You want to keep it? Keep, all right, keep it rolling. All right, well, do you want to go first or second? Second. All right, Charles, you're on the clock. Wait, bef- before you go, can you list the leagues that are on strike? Uh, yeah, no hockey, no soccer, uh, no football, baseball, or basketball. NHL, MLS, M- MLB, NBA. So they're all on strike. The United States needs a new sports to get behind. Pitch up with professional sport shall take over in the sports absence with professional sport. All right, Charles, you got two minutes on the clock. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one. Pitch it. Drinking games. Hey, everyone can get behind drinking games. And I think that might have been Luis's idea, but guess what? This already one pitch it for me one time, so I'm going to go with it again <laughs> because everyone likes to drink in this country except for a few small portion of people. But most of us have been through college and played drinking games. And what's more exciting than beer Olympics, right? 
a game that starts out, you know, representing a country, just like the World Cup, one of the biggest events in the world every four years. Their Olympics is going to be right up there where you have multiple uh, people on a team uh, up to, you know, maybe six, but minimum of four from a certain country representing that country, starting out with a game of beer pong. And it's going to be a classic 10 cup game. And the winner of that game, it's going to be like pool play decides what game is played next. And it's best of three. You have flip cup, which would involve a third team member, or if you have a team of four, it will be a team of four. So you'll have your fourth, uh, all four members play in flip cup, or you can play a, a smaller version of beer pong, or you can do speed pong, uh, which I think we all know the rules for, but it's a game that everyone can get behind. And not only that, sports need sponsors. And who sponsors sports already? Beverage companies. And that's who's going to sponsor this again. And not only that, but think about it. Whenever you need something to drink and you're in a bar, John Taffer said it. Whenever you have food, on average, people stay in bars 30 minutes longer. So food companies, they're going to be right there with the drinking companies. Bring it on because I can't wait to drink some more beer. <laughs> and see, the funny thing is, I don't think he pitched that last time. I'm pretty sure he was a judge for this. And I'm pretty sure that was yeah. what he said his idea was. So, so, <laughs> so that's why I'm, I'm not mad at this because I don't want people to think that, oh, yeah, he, he used this before and got points. No, I'm pretty sure he was a judge that match, and that was his idea. But, all right, Luis, you got two minutes on the clock. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one. Pitch it. He really did steal my idea. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, so... I guess, like, a sort of – the most popular American sport is obviously football. I think you have to find something that kind of taps into that, right? And we have sports that do that. You have lacrosse that kind of does that. Rugby, I mean, it's trying to find a hold here, and I think that's probably your best bet of trying to find something that hits that sort of uh, – <clears throat> excuse me – that hits that sort of same uh, identity of, like, hey, it's kind of a rough and tumble sport. You have to be a tough guy to play this. Uh, we have the New Orleans Gold here. Uh, I wish I'd seen a game before everything kind of shut down. That would have been great. But uh, you sort of see it kind of spread out. Like, I didn't think we'd have one here, and we finally did. Uh, another thing, like, it has, like I said, it kind of has all the same elements of it's a tough guy sport. You kind of, I think that is, like, the biggest thing to, like, t sort of tap into. And, like, it's something that everybody can watch. Everybody can react to things. Uh, it's very what's the word, like, gifable? Uh, you know, you can see Twitter. No, like I said, I think it just, that's just what it taps into, and that's probably what you need if everything's canceled, and that's kind of it. All right, all right. Schubert, do you have any, put your questions out there for uh, Luis or Charles. Um, what does, uh, you know, rugby's a national or international thing. What does... Um you know, what can having it be America's sport bring to the table? And uh, then with Charles, if this, it, drinking games are something that, you know, lots of people can be good at or have the luck to do, Is would that be a, real, uh, a league that could really build stars? Ooh, question. good question, good question. Also for Charles, my question is solidify your grounds in – and basically tell me everything you can about this pitch to make it as solid as you can. Tell me, tell me the games get, get, thorough, get super thorough because it, I, I need, a, I need that. I need it to be fleshed out a little bit more. And like she would said, can, can stars come? The element of luck is very high in this. Give me, give me, give me that. And then uh, with Luis, just, uh, basically what Schubert said, how can we, uh, 
build up, get people behind rugby. It's how would you market this? Because it's a lot of kicking involved, scrumming involved. I played rugby. It, there, there's no blocking. You gotta, there's, there's different things that the throw in from out of bounds that you gotta jump up and get like, how are we gonna get this to Americans to understand? Like, yeah, we, we can get behind this. Just, just give me how are we gonna put Americans behind this sport with so many different rules. And uh, since Charles goes first, Charles, you got one minute on the clock. You can begin your rebuttal slash final thoughts in three, two, one. I mean, haven't you seen, you know, the Oktoberfest, the Beer Olympics movies already? I mean, those movies had stars. It's very easy to create stars when it comes to drinking games. I mean, we all know someone that was really good at beer pong. We all have someone that we played with that was really good at. And I think that's all you need to know. Look, I think in basketball in certain circumstances, and even in baseball and football, you get lucky. The same thing with making that last cup. But hey, can you imagine LeBron James dunking that last cup across the table? I mean, give me, give me some athletes playing some beer pong. We've seen Michael Jordan shoot that last cup. That video went viral. There's room for this to go viral. There's room for the sport to grow. Unlike a sport that's already been around, and if it wasn't for Invictus, I don't think we would really know that there even was a Rugby World Cup. We have a World Cup for a sport that we can have on big stages. I mean, imagine this being played on the Eiffel Tower or in Rome, in Greece, in Italy. I mean, there, there are multiple places where this can be played in Times Square. I think that the sport has a lot of room to grow, whereas you're competing against a sport that doesn't Ooh, have sponsorship or fans. Time, time, time. All right, Luis, let me put one minute on the clock for you to use your final rebuttal slash final pitch for this question. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one. Look, I think the easiest way to Americanize it, first of all, is to shorten the game. Like, it's just a, a really long game internationally. But uh, more importantly, I think the biggest way to Americanize it is that you have this vacuum of where our stars can go, kind of like how Charles said with them drinking, but instead, like, where do all the football players go? They're going to play rugby. We love football players. Like, it's going to happen. And, like, as much as, like, as fun as uh, playing beer Olympics on the Eiffel Tower sounds, like, we were talking about doing it for America. And, like, this is the void that we're trying to fill. Like, that's where these stars have to go. They just have to play something like that. And, like, rugby, I think, shows off those skills, like a lot of athletic skill. That's it. <laughs> Ooh, Schubert, this is a tough one because Luis came back with it with some barbs at the end, and I love yeah. the barbs. But Charles dropped some barbs in there. Let me not – let's not act like he didn't drop any barbs in there. But Luis finished pretty strong. But Charles had the initial, the initial opener that was just – was hot fire. There are definitely some barbs there at the end that make you think, ooh, maybe um, <laughs> there, there was uh, – yeah, I mean, I I, I liked release, yeah, Luis's rebuttal a lot, but Charles definitely came out with uh, the big layout, you know? He did, and the thing is, am I going to get hung up on the fact that this is an American thing and Charles is telling me we can go play on the Eiffel Tower? Am I going to get hung up on that? I don't want to get hung up on that because I love his thing. With, the Michael Jordan point is great because that shows that a regular man could become a star because Michael, when Michael Jordan missed that, the internet was like, Damn, I, I gotta go with Charles, man. And, and this is this is one of those matches where Charles had Charles put up a lot of points, but Luis put up a lot of points too. He still got his points. He just didn't get the dub that with that with that particular round. Yeah, um, I think that you know I'd have to go with Charles too. Just even the idea of having um, it, it's it's just so versatile and it can be played in COVID. I feel True. like you know, that's that's something that can be played at a distance. There's different games that, you know, don't even need to be played in the same room and can be in competition. So 
My uh, rebuttal to that, they was they would they would have to keep it clean with all the cups and shit, and like the water and, cups. <laughs> we had we had like it's a possible. go around when we played beer pong for like a weekend at LSU, and it was the worst. Like our whole floor just like got decimated by this like stomach bug. It was <laughs> That's great, but like the worst. You have well, to, you know, you'd have to pro- make pro- sure that professionally okay. they're not gonna like you know <laughs> be playing yeah, off know. the table. It'd, that's it'd, a guy it'd be like, like the Fight Island where Dana White has his biohazmat <laughs> people come and scrub the the, the ring. <laughs> Pretty after much. every round but all right charles you you buy clorox <laughs> charles you're now in control of the board the score is two to one game point charles Luis, you gotta come in get this one right here charles you're in charge of the board are we your categories schubert give them to him all right yeah you know, choice sports film and tv is this gonna is this gonna be a full sports match man <laughs> it's got charles like let's just do it fuck it would you choose the charles let's do film Ooh, okay. I like the change up. All right, pick a Here, number. I got, I, got, I got to pick a number. One through seven. Uh, let's go with six. Okay. This is a this is an interesting one. If you could bring in Pokemon into another movie, what would it be and why? So pitch a movie that you can bring Pokemon into. Holy shit! You should have stayed. What? <laughs> Do you want to go first or second? Uh, I actually think that I will go well, let me go second because I don't think Luis is going to go with my idea and it's going to give me some more time no. <laughs> alright alright Luis you got two minutes on the board you can begin your pitch in three two one pitch it what movie needs Pokemon in it let's see uh, see because the way to do this is either you're either going to try to Make a bad film better with Pokemon. I don't really know if you can do that. Or make like a good film just bonkers. And I kind of want to go with bonkers. Like I'm always rooting for chaos. And so let's stick them in. Let's just like spin a wheel of Tarantino films. Let's say <laughs> stick Pokemon in Inglorious Bastards because why the fuck not? Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I don't fucking know. This is such a crazy question. Um, Give me Squirtle and the Squirtle Squad instead of Brad Pitt and Inglorious Bastards. And I think you basically have the same movie, and it's funnier. (laughs) That's it. All right, all right. Let me stop this clock, Charles. I'm putting (laughs) two minutes on the board for you. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one. Let's go with a, a movie that kind of makes sense, right, to have Pokemon in. And, and look, if there's anything that I think we've all seen in our lifetime, uh, Luis, I think you've probably seen this as well, is that everything that J.K. Rowling's put out has had some magic in it, right? And, and that's where Pokemon could come in. And uh, a movie that's coming out soon is Fantastic Beast. So why not put Pokemon in Fantastic Beast? I mean, come on, Pikachu coming around and, and having Newt you know, capture them, or, or maybe a Bulbasaur run, roaming down the streets of San Francisco. I think Fantastic Beasts would be a perfect spot for Pokemon to go in. They'd fit in, and really, I don't even think they would look out of place at the end of the day. You could probably even take a Pokemon and make it into a today's version of it by upgrading it, giving it more detail and more animation than what we've seen in the past, because we've seen Pokemon movies in the show. I think in Fantastic Beasts, they're already doing that. It's not really with Pokemon per se. But it's doing it with creatures. And I think at the end of the day, that's what a Pokemon is. 
Ooh, all right, time. All right, Schubert, give your questions for each and begin your questions now, bro. Let's talk about it. Uh, so with Luis, so do you want to go with, I guess what I want to figure out in your rebuttal is if you're going to go with Pokemon in World War II or are you going with the Squirtle Squad it going up against Hitler and all of his and his guys. Yeah, yes. um, and are we gonna have Donnie Donowitz in there? Or is he going? Or is like one of the Squirtle Squad members now? Donnie Don? Like, give me, give me like the the logistics of it. Just expand your pitch a little bit more. Are we gonna see Hitler with Pokemon? Are we gonna see uh, the other side have Pokemon? Or is it just the Squirtle Squad replacing the bastards? So just yeah. just expound. And Charles, uh, you can go ahead, Schubert, for your question for Charles. Um, Charles, you know, here. Oh man, okay, just for Charles. I guess when I think of the wizarding world, I just don't know if like the whole like concept of the capturing and all of that is like going to like mesh with the Harry Potter wizarding stuff. So is it like, are they living in the world like the other beasts or are they like Pokemon where, you know, to to have one, you got to like capture it or whatever. Um, I, I, that, that's about where I'm at. I just need a little bit more clarification on Charles's end. So, all right, Luis, you can begin your pitch in three. You got one minute on the clock. Final rebuttal, final pitch. This is technically for you to stay alive. So, not to put any pressure on, but that's how announcers do at NBA. So, I might as well do that here. But you got one minute on the clock. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one. So, I think obviously, I think you have to have. So, if we're going to do this portal spot, let's just have like a giant bear Jew. Like, Squirtle, that's it. It's hilarious. It's funny. Um, I think it would be fun to kind of see, yeah, you know, instead of, like, just having Pokemon in the world, like, or have them in the world, but have them sort of pared down. So, yes, it's just the Squirtle Squad. It's nobody else as the bastards. It's going to be, yes, they're going against Hitler with Pokemon. It's silly. It's goofy. Uh, I think my thing with Charles's pitch is this. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the actual book, is, like, very interesting. And it's, like, got drawings and everything. And it was, like, one of the coolest things. And I think that's what made the movie great, is that it kind of brought all that to life. Also, there's, like, character, the little, like, platypus thing that, like, just sucks up everything. I can't replace that with Pikachu. I just can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I refuse to do it. That's it. All right. You had nine seconds left, so you use your time wisely. Charles, I'm putting one minute on the clock for you. You can begin your pitch in three Two, one, pitch it. Look, you always don't always have to throw barbs. You can defend your points. And the point, my point of defense, good point. My my point of defense is there really isn't a book on Fantastic Beast. That movie isn't based on a book per se. At the end of the day, the movie Fantastic Beast is more of the interpretation of the creators of the movie than it is based on a book. And I think that's something important to think about. And look, I'm not talking about Harry Potter. I'm talking about Fantastic Beast, and that's what he does in the movie. He captures Fantastic Beast. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what a Pokemon is. If you're going to want to put a movie where a Pokemon fits in, let's do something that is in a world that's made up rather than a movie that has factual characters and factual things that happen, like in Inglorious Bastards. We all know there weren't Pokemon. I mean, come on now. At the end of the day, we don't know what's going to happen in the next, in the next Fantastic Beast movie, and that's where Pokemon are going to come in. They haven't been in it yet, but they're going to be in the next one. All right, let me stop the clock. Schubert, I had to do some fact-checking because there is a dispute about the book. So um, there's the... No, he's, I mean, he's right about the book. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's like a... It's a the, the, the story isn't a book. No, 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 yeah, the story's not a book. The book is... The actual Beast Book. 
Yeah, right. She came out with like a, their version of the textbook from the books. Is what yeah. So she had like drawings and that kind of thing. All right. Sorry, yeah, I, like, I, just, I just had to, you know, I got you. I just want to clarify that for the listeners out there to let them know that this is a, a very thorough game. But sure, <laughs> uh, what's your thoughts on these guys' pitches? Because I think this was their worst round. <laughs> oh. well, yeah, it's a, it's a hard the question was terrible. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a hard question. That is such an off-the-wall question. It's, we had to throw a curveball in there. <laughs> you know, Schubert, so wait, what do you, wait, wait, where, are you, where are you leaning with this one? I actually like um, both pitches, um, and um, I think, oh, man. My, my thing is, like, there's – being uh, such a, you know, Harry Potter fan that I am, I just don't know if I could go with Charles's pitch. Like, I Ooh. think I got to go mm. with uh, that's, with that's Lisa's rough. pitch. It's not <laughs> a Harry Potter movie. It's not a Harry Potter movie. Harry Potter's it's, not in this movie. It's categorized <laughs> in the wizarding world. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> She went with a little personal bias right there. That was a personal bias. I felt personally attacked attacked by him putting Pokemon in Fantastic Beasts. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, I mean, it's it's not even about, like, anything outside of that. I just felt like um, (sighs) the way that Charles presented what the movie was going to be about and, you know, using the context of the Fantastic Beasts franchise, you know, it's putting him in a movie. I just don't see like Pokemon being in the Fantastic Beast movie. You know and look, I could, I could, I, I get where he's coming from because I, I did like his pitch. I think if you would have just said that, because you, you, you put him out there to dry with your question of, are they catching them? Or are they just replacing the monsters? And if you would have just said they're just replacing the monsters, and there's what no I said. Well, see, I thought you I said. Like that. Said, I feel like you said. I, yeah, that. I, I thought I he said that, that. And, that, and, that <laughs> and that's why I was leaning that's with what his. they're doing in the movie. Yeah, and, and and that's what I'm. That's my thought. Is that's why Super I would have watched the movie. I that's all I know. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> I would have went with him. So, but all right. So I'm gonna put my screen on mute. Schubert, you entertain oh, the people, and we're going to the third oh, party guests. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Those movies are trash. So what you think? How, oh, shit. how oh, dare you? you don't like Fantastic Beasts? How no, dare I don't. You? No. I actually don't well, mind it. That was biased then. No, really it, wasn't, it, it biased. wasn't even that. I love Eddie Redmayne though. Like I will watch. Oh him. yeah, he's good. I watch him. He's good. Him. But you know, I am kind of interested in seeing uh, the Squirrel Squad take on Hitler. <laughs> like you know, that could be an all-time all-time classic. Okay, from for him, he's just like. He loved the idea. He was just laughing at the fact that the bear Jew is the Squirtle Squad. And I was just, I was like, I was kind of dumbfounded because like, I, I honestly, I'm a Tarantino guy. I wish he would have kept the people with him and then had the, the Squirtles as like the partners of them. So that's why I was just like. Nah, would also have been kind of. But so he went with Louise. So we got a tie round for the game point match. Charles, I'm sorry, brother. I felt you on that. <laughs> I was trying to go for Taco I, Tuesday, guys. I don't know. I don't know who the third person is. Did I bully them in high school or something? <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you did not. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. Yeah, uh, Louise, you're in control right. of the board. Schubert, give him his category. Yeah, choice film, TV, and sports. What was choice? Choice. There's a que- there's a choice question, and it's a. I give you the prompt, and then I have ten movies you pick from that you have to choose to to use your to use as your movie. Choice is wild. Let's do choice. All right, cool. All right. Okay, Jeez. so choice. Which of these '80s high school films would you choose to remake for today's teens? And if you don't know the film, I think I had this question. You think you did? We had one well, similar. We definitely you had, had one, one similar for sure. Is this the one that has Heathers in it? Yeah. Yeah. But it, but but it's not in this this okay. Yeah. 
which I've yeah. seen, which yeah. I've actually seen now. <laughs> yeah, I forgot you chose something you didn't see. All right, but uh, Schubert, give them their choices. We got the Breakfast Club. Here, no, I, I'll give them the choices. It's right. uh, Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Weird Science, Teen Wolf, Dead Poet Society, Back to the Future, The Goonies, and Lost Boys. So this is a remake. Which one of these 80s high school films would you remake for today? Luis, are you going first? Or are you going second? And which one? You're going second. So with, with your choice of going second, I'm going to allow, just because of this, you control the board and everything. Charles, you get the pick of your movie first since you were going first. Yeah, can you repeat the movies one more time? The movies yeah. are Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Weird Science, Teen Wolf, Dead Poet Society, Back to the Future, The Goonies, and The Lost Boys. I can repeat Ooh. them again if you need, Charles. The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I, I, I'm going to go with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. All right, let me uh put the time on the clock real quick for this is for all the marbles boys it's been a good match Shuby, as your Burt Berenger co-host I definitely appreciate this match all right Schubert you got I mean Charles you have two minutes on the clock you can be in your uh, rebuttal in three I mean you can be in your final your round one pitch or whatever in three two one pitch it hey it's Jonah Hill's day off right we want to see what happens in today's world where a kid does fake sick to get off. Because, look, I think we all know we could do it a lot easier than kids these days because of technology and things like that where parents can track where kids are, where parents can see what their kids are texting, if their TV is on, what they're watching, what's going on in the house because they have cameras. You couldn't do that back then. Parents couldn't track in ways that they can track today. So I think Jonah Hill plays his character perfectly uh, except it would take an older time period than what Ferris Bueller's did in terms of the age of the child skipping the day. Because uh, Jonah Hill's going to be uh, trying to skip school because it's 420. He's going to want to go smoke a, a couple of blunts with his friends, and his parents won't let him take off. Even though he's saying how sick he is, he finally convinces them that he's sick enough. And what technology does it take? Look, the old penny of the mouth trick worked, and he got that thermometer to, to say that he had a high temperature, and his parents think that he's showing signs of COVID. So, look, it takes place in 2020. He's sick with COVID symptoms, and this is before everyone can get a test. Jonah Hill's going to go smoke a blunt with his friends on the beach for 420-2020. All right, all right. Luis, I'm putting two minutes on the clock for you. You cannot choose Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The remaining movies are The Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Teen Wolf, Dead Poet Society, Back to the Future, The Goonies, and The Lost Boys. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one. Last time I picked a movie that I had not seen, which was Heather's. This time I'm also going to pick a movie I have not seen, which is The Goonies. Uh, <laughs> I kind of have an idea what The Goonies is about. But so instead of, I think that for The Goonies, like you can do a movie kind of like how it, it it just updated the story. Like, you kind of put it more in modern times. You get, like, a good set of, ch like, child actors <clears throat> that can play these parts. And I think you just update everything, and I think you can make it a better story than kind of, like, a cheesy 80s movie. I think... I just realized that I did not start my timer. Uh, <laughs> I think that it's... I mean, it's just a classic adventure movie. That's all it is. Uh, with children. I mean... We all love those kind of movies. We all can get behind those movies. They're wholesome fun, generally. Uh, you get a more diverse cast than what they had in the 80s. You update, like I said, you update it, and like, I think that's kind of all you need to make a successful movie. And like, people hate 
remakes, but I think that's I think it works for something like the Goonies. All right, all right, Schubert. Any questions you have for either of these gentlemen? Uh, my, I guess my question for both would be: uh, remakes tend to dive into the nostalgia of the original. Would anybody from the original be incorporated in any way into this movie? I feel like I have to ask, Schubert, because it's an elephant in the room. I just have to ask. Wait, we, no, don't do it, because I want to use it. I want to use it. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to let it be. I'm going to let it be. I'm not going to ask. I'm just going <laughs> to keep my, my thoughts to myself. But, yeah, answer Schubert's question. Uh, that, that's, the, that's the main one that I have besides my elephant in the room. But, all right, Charles, you got one minute on the clock for your final thoughts. And uh, um, yeah, for your final thoughts and rebuttal, Charles, give it, give it all you got, man. This is the championship round. These are the rounds that determine who winners are, and this is the final question of the game, or the final round of the game. Damn, I, I messed up my montage. All right, three, two, one, pitch it. Well, look, it's hard to remake a movie when you haven't seen it already. I think that's something that's a little difficult to consider. But let's consider my movie. Yes, look, you're going to have a character from the past because Principal Rooney's still going to be involved. Principal Rooney's going to try to catch Jonah Hill skipping a day off. But what's different in, in this episode or this movie, this remake, is that COVID's happening. So the online class is something you can do from home, right? But what does Jonah Hill do to make a cutout of himself to make the teachers believe and Principal Rooney believe that he's actually in front of that computer, even though his mom thinks he's sick and away at work for the day, as well as his dad, he's got to pull it off and, and show that, hey, man, maybe he has a little voice recorder whenever they ask him a question, or maybe he's FaceTiming in the background so he can answer questions, but he pulls it off at the end of the day. And how does he get caught? Hey, the CDC catches him on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your time is up. You you use most of your time anyway. You had two seconds left. All right, Luis, you got one minute on the clock. Three, two, one, pitch it. So for like my nostalgia factor, like who doesn't love seeing Josh Brolin be a little silly and get into like some makeup? We have Josh Brolin playing sloth. Like that, I think that's like the best idea that I can come up with. Like nostalgia factor. It's goofy. It's a little silly, and the movie's a little silly. Uh, my biggest thing with the whole Ferris Bueller's Day Off thing, though, is I've been kind of living this. I feel like we've all done this for, like, since March. Like, are we not all off? I don't understand why he's, how he's going to get off. Um, that's my only thing with that movie, is I don't really understand that. <laughs> that's it. Okay, that's all I got. All right, let me stop all right. it. All right, they both missed a huge... I get, I'm not going to... What was your point? Okay, okay, my was, was, is is Jonah Hill not too old for this? Like, are we just... Yes. Are we, was that... Were you thinking that, Schubert? I would have loved to ask that, so I could have... I thought some... I, I, was, I wanted I you to throw the barb in there. literally all been off since March. I thought I thought you were going to throw the barb at him. I'd have gave you... Like, that was the one that I was, like, waiting for, and I was just... But he didn't... That wasn't answered, so I'm going to just, in my mind, think he was de-aged. I'm just going to think he was de-aged. Schubert... <laughs> <laughs> to me, hey, make, makeup works wonders. And look, I thought you had said that though. I thought you had said that. Yeah, sure, he's a little old, but we just kind of. I, I said he was older than Ferris Bueller was in the movie. That he was more of a high school age. Which, look, you've already seen him play in Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street. Which he did. Which yeah, did. you're right. Yeah. But he looks completely different now. <laughs> but I ain't mad at it. We, like I said, I'm just, I'm just picturing we got the Martin Scorsese Irishman DH technology going on in this movie. So <laughs> that's that's what we're rocking with. But Schubert, wait, wait, where are you rocking? 
I'll, you know, what I will say that was positive about Louise's pitch is even though he didn't see the movie, like, I feel like when he was saying that, you know, you could bring in uh, the Goonies to today and like, it'd be the same kind of adventure thing. We've seen it with it. We've seen it with, you know, Stranger Things. You could even go back to the eighties and do it like an eighties movie. But I, you know, at the end of the day, I felt like uh, Charles gave the the biggest layout of what the movie was going to be. I mean, I can totally see this movie being made. Whether or not Jonah Hill's the star, that's to be determined. And and but, to, and to Louise's barb, Charles handled it right. He, he had the he, he he was ready for it with the has, cutout. He said he has the cutout in front of the camera. He he just gets out of the way. Yeah, he, from and, virtual and, class. And he escapes his parents and goes smoke weed on the beach. I that's a raunchy comedy that I, I'm more than willing to watch, and I would definitely be into. Schubert, I'm going. Netflix. I'm going with Charles Schubert. Who are you going with, Schubert? Charles, yeah. Charles wins the round and advances. Luis, man, thank you for being on this first season. You'll be back to avenge yourself, man. You'll be oh, back. Like? We'll be when yeah. the, the league's going to be bigger next year. Some so many people have hit us up to be like, "Yo, we got to be in this league." So we probably have like a like a eight person, ten person league. So we're, we're growing. You're you're going to be one of the veterans of it. Come back. Don't be like the Chargers who gets close and then drops the ball right there. Come back and be strong. Uh, hey, the sport, the all sports finals coming, so you have to be there for it. And also, uh, Luis, give your final. We give. We'll let the. Uh, we'll let you speak first. Tell the people they can find you at, and then we'll give Charles his one minute or like thirty seconds to just you know talk his shit and be ready for the next round. Who who he wants to see and whatnot. So first of all, like y'all know that like I love y'all. Like I've been like kind of like probably all forever. As long as I can, like, I'm glad I got to be a part of this. Like, as, as goofy as it is, like, it's a lot of fun. And, like, I'm glad that, like, the people that y'all gotten involved is a lot of fun. And I'm excited to have it again. Uh, so, me, it's Pelicans Reddit, at, at Pelicans Reddit for Twitter. Um, I might be on the Reddit. I usually am not, <laughs> which is funny. But, uh, yeah, it's just nonsense. Uh, mostly about basketball. Some not about basketball. It happens. We have those but, uh, movie conversations every now and again, which oh God, I love. Yeah, anime, movie, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Food, random shit for my two-year-old. Like, it just happens. Y'all make sure uh, y'all go follow him. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm a little goofy with it, but that's about it. Y'all make sure y'all go follow Luis. No lapels Reddit, one of the best accounts out right now. Y'all go follow that. Charles, all right, brother, this is your screen time. Who are you looking to face? What are, you, what are your thoughts? You're moving on. Who do, what, what professional team would you compare yourself? I need it all right now. How you feeling? I, I mean, I almost feel like the Giants, you know, like an <laughs> underdog, you know, who beat one of the creators of the show and comes from the wild card spot and defeats the 16-0 Patriots. Like, I mean, I beat Schubert. I beat Luis, who has way more movie knowledge than I do. I don't know why he wanted to go down the sports road, but he did. But hey, 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 bring on Jake, because if I can beat Jake, then maybe I can get a movie industry Jake, job. Jake's your movie boy, though. <laughs> well, Jake has to beat Schubert. And there's there's a couple rounds in, in, in before that. So <laughs> the next match will probably be, we will let you guys know soon. I'm, it's probably going to be Schubert and Jake, but if not, it'll be me and Schmidt. So me and Schmidt facing to see who faces Charles, and then Jake and Schubert to see who comes out the loser's bracket. The loser bracket has to win two times to get the belt. So great, great hey. match. Charles, and- tell the people they can find you at. Follow, follow uh, the Primetime Podcast on Twitter. Yes, we've been uh, absent. Uh, a, a lot of that has just been because Josh... But so is sports. It's okay. Yeah, look, sport, sports has been <laughs> absent. Look, we can talk recruiting. That's going to come. Hopefully, we have a football season. To be honest, I've said it time and time again. I don't think it's happening this year for college. But uh, we're going to get in that Pelicans conversation because that's where we started. Um, and, and that's kind of where I want to get into. So, look, Pelicans, we're looking to go 8-0. Looking to make the playoffs. I think six and two does it. But uh, 
check us out for all the Pelicans coverage. You might even get in some MLB talk, but uh, sports is back. And I'll tell you what, I've never watched more MLB baseball in one weekend than I did this past weekend. <laughs> I've been watching so many basketball scrimmages. It's oh, like man. Nuts. So many scrimmages and so many WNBA games. Like, just I, like, I, like, I'll catch a couple. I caught every single WNBA game this time. Bro, I'm right there. Definitely watch like, the Sparks. The Sparks that, game. Is yeah, there. I had to watch Candace P do her thing. So, but you guys can follow me at Lynn BWT. Follow the Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Be sure to check out, if you're on the YouTube, subscribe. Be sure to check out the most recent episode of Run It Back. We reviewed the Miyazaki classic, How's Moving Castle. Be sure to check Ooh. that out. And then on Thursday, the Bros Who Think podcast will be out. Oh, and no, by the time you guys hear this, the new anime talk will be out and Bros Who Think will be out on Thursday. But be sure to check that Run It Back and subscribe to the YouTube. But Schubert, great match, brother. Yeah, it was a great match, and I'm so glad that we could have both competitors come in to do this. And, you know, we have so many more fun matchups to come, and I'm ready to roll back to the show. So let's get back to Bros Who Binge. All right, that was a great pitching match. That was a, it came down to the wire there for sure. I'm glad when we get to the five, to get all five rounds in. Yeah, man, it was a good match. Charles moves on. Charles is waiting to see who wins between me and Shamet. And then on the losers bracket, you got you versus Jake. We we got our our judges ready to come in. Shout out to our our editor Ian. Ian will be judging as a full time judge now, and he will be on the show. He'll be part of the com- com- competition. But I'm thinking, Schubert, we do you and Jake's match next. Oh God. Yeah, so me and Ian, will we'll call that one and we'll have our third judge on deck. But that was a super, super fun match. Super great episode this week. Yeah, it was definitely good. Um, we had a lot to cover with missing out on last week and we tried to squeeze a lot in. So I hope you were able to enjoy the whole thing and you know, at, at least get into that pitch it match because we're hoping that we can do a lot more with that moving forward, getting some more people involved in that. And we definitely want to know what you think about some of the pitches, which ones that you thought should have been Charles wins or should have been Luis wins. Y'all tweet at us. Let us know if you think we made the right decision or if you think we're crazy, but we're super excited. The championship is right around the corner, but that's all we got this week for bros. Who think you can find me at Lynn BWT follow bros. Who think at bros. Who think be sure to check out the most recent episode or run it back on YouTube. We reviewed how's moving castle. You can watch that on HBO now on HBO Max, be sure to uh, subscribe to the YouTube, subscribe to Spotify, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, and then a new episode of Anime Talk will be out this week as well, and the Bros Who Think Podcast. So a full slate of pods dropping this week. Basketball is back, so we got a lot of special guests on this week, Bros Who Think, from a basketball coach to... I don't want to say yet because I don't like to say before the interviews happen, but we have probably the head of Yahoo's basketball department, yahoo.com's uh, basketball department coming on the pod. So that's going to be super dope this week on the Bros You Think podcast. Very cool. Very cool. Definitely excited to see some things going on with the Bros You Think network. And I'm definitely excited for what we have to come here. As soon as we get movies rolling again, it's going to be real exciting. At um, least we got Umbrella Academy to keep us going for a couple for right? next week, yeah. And what the boys is coming down the stretch too, so yep, the boys is right around the fin- right around the corner. And you know, we'll be doing the Avatar rewatch has been fun. We'll get Cora here in a little while, so TV's been solid, that's for sure. One thousand percent. We'll, uh, I hope everyone out there has a good week. We're gonna go ahead and wrap things up here, and everyone out there just stay safe and keep binging. <laughs>